Welcome to your sanity safe space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart, I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. Well, uh... Don't look at the stock market. Don't look at crypto. Don't look at your savings account because uh, that's worth We're a lot all less. Poor. poor now. You know who's not poor, though? Vladimir Zelensky and company. Another 40 <laughs> bajillion million trillion gajillion dollars headed his way, courtesy of Congress. And actually, as of last night's House vote, supported by something like three quarters of House Republicans, even just sending him bags upon bags of cash. And at this point, I'm convinced I should have, I suppose I should have been for the whole time, but this, this just seems like a giant money laundering scheme. What are we doing? Are we going to audit yeah. this? Uh, no, we're not. Yeah. It just disappears into the ether and uh good thing. We're helping Ukraine fight off that, that evil pootler. While uh, you can't find baby formula, your grocery bill is extremely high. Uh, you know, all sorts of other problems facing the country. And Joe Biden has the audacity to go out and stand in front of a backdrop that says he's tackling inflation. Oh, thank God. Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden like has really challenged. have it under control. An asshole. Joe Biden has challenged inflation to a push up contest and he will emerge victorious. Um, yeah, what are just we uh, do? hard times are coming, man. Well, it's just a really sketchy state of the country right now. You know, it's like I, I always the one thing I took away from Life of Brian, even though I hated that movie, always look on the bright side of life. The song, the ending song was very catchy and very fun and try to do that. But um, I think we're in for I think we're in for a little uh, at minimum short term pain. So yeah. it's just it's hard to look at the bright side of any of this right now. Well, what we really need to do is resurrect YouTube blood sports. Uh, yeah. Distractions. And, <laughs> yeah. We need we need bread and circuses for the right wing masses. And yeah. Can start raking in the dough again. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention quickly, uh, I, I, I watched 2000 Mules from Dinesh D'Souza and um, and True the Vote uh, was that I think I watched it. Yeah, that was last night. And um I think we'll save our conversation of it until Sunday because you haven't seen it yet. But I will just say, people out there, if you have not seen it and you're sort of on the fence, uh, go watch it. It it um, it has some holes, and we'll talk about those on Sunday. I don't know that it's um, it, it's hard to say that it conclusively proves everything. And I have to be very careful about what I can say with Susan listening. However, it does have really compelling new video evidence of lots of very shady things going on. At ballot drop boxes. Yeah, what a surprise. And at minimum, things that you know you would think would prompt a law enforcement investigation and or things that would prompt us never to do that again as a matter of elections. Because even if it wasn't enough to change the election result, the fact that you have shady people driving up to drop boxes, wearing gloves, dropping 
a dozen or so ballots into the box, taking off the gloves, looking around to make sure that no one saw them do it. They also take photos of the, the drop box. And the innocent explanation is supposedly, well, they're delivering all their brothers and sisters ballots and they wanted to send them a picture in the group text. Look, guys, I got them all delivered. Alternatively, as is the theory presented in the movie, uh, they're paid. They're paid to drop those ballots and the photo of them of the ballot box that they went to is proof of the drop. But, um, you know, I just, I'll tell you why I don't care about this because what's more depressing than the possibility, the strong possibility of the election, um, was tampered with is knowing that it was tampered with and knowing that the government knows that it was tampered with and knowing that everyone in the United States knows that it was tampered with and nobody doing anything about it. That is just, that's just such a bleak prospect mm. that I'd rather I'd rather not even address it mentally. Well, it's it's validating to see it on video. And again, there are questions of scale here. But the fact that you have any video of this happening should be enough for all of us to consider uh, and ask, why is this a thing? Why are we conducting our elections in this manner at all? Because if this is possible, <laughs> then we uh, we could make the next election actually the the most secure of all time. If this was the most secure, we have some security breaches that we could potentially fix. And um, and I would just recommend everybody check it out. We'll get into it more on Sunday when uh, we've both seen it. We can offer some thoughts if you're willing to commit to watch it before Sunday. Oh, so I need to watch this before Sunday. That's fine. Well, if you agree to that, I think it'd be fun to talk about. But I just I hate to net just is there a bunch of faggy music in this <laughs> it has some dramatic effect but Stop actually with the with the gay montages dinesh to souza <laughs> i just hate him he just sucks but no. i will watch it yeah. all right uh anyway uh you guys know how the call-in show works but um if you are new and you're looking uh to participate there are instructions for how to do that in the description wherever you may be watching the video stream uh, if you'd like to participate live or if you'd like to participate, but you can't do it live uh, or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question as well. The place to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call in show question form. We'll get to those at the end of the stream as we do each and every week. And uh, we'll we'll get to your super chats every half hour as well. But uh, let's get to the calls. First up is 88 M 88 M. Are you there? here what's on your mind all right i was gonna talk about how when people say that when people say about uh war movies that oh this movie's so good because it was so anti-war hmm. yeah i always i hear that like okay where's the pro-war movies then <laughs> i suppose sure there uh are some at least that misrepresent war in a positive light or like put too much emphasis on the male camaraderie or something like that. Not in a gay way. No homo, <laughs> but you know, the, there are movies that, that really cast war in a less gruesome light than it probably should be. I don't, I haven't seen any. That's, that's the thing. Hmm. Uh, I suppose. So you're asking for an example of a movie that is pro war. So, Insofar as it basically shows no negativity involved in war at all, or, or what's your definition? Yeah. I suppose. Okay. Yeah, I, that's I, yeah. I will say a, a movie saying war is fantastic. 
Go do it. <laughs> Go do it. <laughs> Go to do all I, the war. I yeah. guess I am struggling to think of an example of that. However, uh, I would struggle to think of an example of a movie in almost any context because I've seen uh, about, I guess, 50 of them now because we've been watching for a year. So those are all the movies I've ever seen. We've seen a lot of war movies. People in the live chat are saying full metal jacket is pro-war. There are pro-war elements to that. Also, it also shows a lot also, of horrors, though. A lot yeah. of horrors, yeah. yeah. Me love you long time. The most horrible thing of all, a Vietnamese prostitute. I never knew that movie was the origin of that mm. uh, saying. Any, I, I don't mean to deflect from your call, 88, but... Uh, no, yeah. I assume is- you wanted to call to talk about hookers. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, my, my thing is, actually, there is one war movie I would say is pro-war because it was made by the United States government. Uh, okay. Was, Which what was that? It's called Flight Nurse. Hmm. Huh. It's about uh, transporting wounded soldiers from the war in Korea to Japan. And it's about the nurse that is on the flight. And it was made by the U.S. government. Yeah, it was you know, spot help produced by the United States government. You okay. know, it was. And it's so she is so USA. You know, to did the they just get letter. a grant for this or how so? Uh, uh, it was just financed or something. Yeah, it was financed by the U.S. government you know, by okay. the War Department. Yeah. At the time. But my point is like. I say like today's war movies are actually more pro-war than actually war movies in World War II. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just haven't seen movies that old, so it's hard for me to compare. Yeah, but uh... oh, there's this one movie that I really enjoy. It's from 1945. It's called A Walk in the Sun. Okay. And it's a, it's about a United States Army platoon that lands on Italy, and their sole job is to get to a bridge and blow it up. Hmm. All right. And you watch the platoon get whittled down. They hit the beach. They lose their lieutenant. So now it's the platoon sergeant in charge. They go in inland. They lose a couple more guys because of an air attack. They meet some more GIs and they ask them to go scout ahead for them, but they never see those guys. You know, it's like all right. It's weird to be. You know, it's it's not like one soldier. They're having a conversation. He's like, it's interesting to be in the army and you meet somebody and you never meet them ever again. Yes, I've heard a lot of that. And, uh, you know, that's certainly true for a lot of guys. You you make uh, not just friends, but you make in many ways, almost like a sibling like connection, a brotherly connection. And then uh, as soon as they're out there, a lot of times they don't uh, they don't reconnect. But um, but uh, any any last word from you before we let you go? I'll I'll fill out this movie fast uh, that this platoon continues to go on and. The platoon sergeant has a mental breakdown, actually, in the movie. Mm-hmm. He just can't go forward on. Well, my point is that this movie came out in 1945. So at the time period, you know, America's at war. We're taking law casualties. The biggest battles for, for America was going on at that point. And they're showing this movie to the audience. And you know, the audience is going to be future soldiers, loved ones, sweethearts, wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... For me, it's like it's it's very interesting. Like they're showing the people the truth. This is what war is going. Yeah, they're not showing the blood and gore. Sure. They're showing the mental side of it. Like, yeah, the platoon sergeant will have a mental breakdown, but the next man in charge will continue the mission. 
you, we're not going to win this war without taking casualties. People will die. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Sure. Have a great night. Yep. You too. Okay. Uh, hold on here. Adjust my discord. Uh, let's get to Red Falcor. Red Falcor has cheated his way in once again. You yes, sir. bastard. What's on your mind? Quickly in there. So I've got um, n- n- 90 seconds worth of topics. Do you mind if I just read them and you can respond to something if you have time? Oh, these are like quick hits. Is that, your, is that your idea? Say again? These are like quick hits? That's what you're asking for? Yeah, quick okay. hits. Quick All right, hits. Sure. Okay, perfect. Um, the first is a brief explanation for not always having the most fluency on our calls. Since Blonde is a fierce debating opponent and I lose concentration and feel the time pressure on what is supposed to be a two-minute call, it's <laughs> n- n- That rule is nice long to- gone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that died a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's n- n- nice to not be called a f- fake stutterer in the comment sections anymore, <laughs> but I don't want to give the wrong impression either. He's doing it for sympathy, what? that piece of shit. <laughs> what? I stutter these days. It is typically because I'm just not paying attention, mm-hmm. not because I am tra- tra- trapped in it, which is a big difference. Mm-hmm. The uh, s- s- second is that I think we are thinking about ra- race IQ and v- voting patterns wrong, and it hmm. is ex- extremely frustrating to some of our valuable audience members like Joshy Boy. Hmm. Uh, according to the great... Thomas Sowell, case in point, when Ashkenazi Jews first came to this country, they had the lowest IQ. Now they have the highest, which is one possible piece of evidence that that IQ is fluid, contextual, and cultural. Is that true? Let's discuss if you like, but in in, uh, in my opinion, Democrats have... You said Sowell has an article about that, or he has a, a... Uh, he, some he, kind of writing about it. He, he 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 presented it in one particular interview with with the Heritage Foundation on a show called Common Knowledge. Hmm. I, well, is that due to the fluctuation in Ashkenazi IQ or um, the mean IQ of our? Oh, I'm hearing some feedback in my own voice. Oh, um, are you on speakers? The, uh, I do. Let me uh, switch sw- switch over to uh, headphones real quick. Sorry about okay. that. Um, the mean IQ of Americans dropping because of immigration efforts. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to mute them real quick. Wow, it's um, crazy how quickly you lose your stream of thought when yeah. you hear your voice. I was anyway, like, is that me talking? Was what yeah. I say, I'm saying is sounding really really dumb. Um, yeah. Oh no, no, it's okay. Is that because Ashkenazi IQ is is um been decreasing or is it because the mean iq of america has been decreasing because of immigration efforts uh, it's it's probably both but i think it was partly linguistic because the english was not necessarily their native language when they first came to this country and iq is not exceptional at me- me- measuring intelligence in uh, different languages Right. No, you have to speak the language in, in order to pass the test correctly, of course. Oh, right. Okay. And so as they become m- m- more culturally integrated, their, 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 their IQ will naturally rise. Well, I guess my in, question would be then, is that 
a flaw in the test or is it, I guess, are we, are we actually witnessing change in what we're measuring, which in this case is IQ or IQ test is that a flaw? To be in, standardized should be administered in the native language of the y- taker. Yeah. I guess what I'm worried about is if, if that's the case, then is that a flaw in the measure? Cause that sounds of like course a broken it's a flaw measure. In the measure. Like, like, like I'm going to care about some, I don't know, somebody in some other country that can't speak English, how they do on an English IQ test to be worthless information. Plus there are natural cultural uh, barriers that exist outside Mm -hmm. of specific linguistic restraints. Even if you translate the test, Mm -hmm. you may may not be be able to properly represent the test to, to, to a foreign speaker and reader mm-hmm. plus the the that person also may may come from a country where literacy rate is lower so mm. so, so, so the ability just to read the test may be limited as well yeah. so you called in to tell us that jews are dumb and that's all you wanted to say <laughs> well the last line of that point is i would say democrats have spent decades doing everything they can to keep black people dumb, mean, and dependent and a reliable that's fair. political ally. Yeah, I think that's And that fair. doesn't mean, mean that that's who they truly are. Um, last quick, quick, quick point, I think about v- voting, especially as a conservative, I think it would be most useful for, for us to think about this like a battlefield. In the Northern Front, it, it's the con- conflict between legally sanctioned forces, such as voting. Mm-hmm. In, in the s- s- Southern, it is a conflict between illegal forces, like vote tampering. And we lo- lo- lost the 2020 election because our Northern fo- forces were being sh- 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 shelled by the South. But that doesn't me- 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 mean that we should... G- give up the northern front entirely because that may mean the difference between winning and losing yeah i i certainly agree that it's um that i will continue to do it because it can't hurt but but uh i i don't think that it is sufficient you know just because you uh cast your ballot does not mean we should expect to uh, necessarily win politically uh, coming up in november this is going to be a um a defining election because if it is anything other than the bloodbath that it is forecasted to be, I, I don't think anybody will have a shred of faith in the system anymore. So it's very bizarre that Democrats, according to sources in the Washington post and Politico and elsewhere have no apparent plan to win in the midterms. Are they incompetent or do they know they don't need a plan <laughs> to yeah. win in the midterms? Right. Uh, this is going to be fascinating to watch. I can't wait for election night this year. Right, cast your ballot, but uh, have a backup plan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that strategy generally. Uh, bl- bl- blonde, does that sound like a good plan to you? Yes, it does. What having a backup plan? Well, the f- f- first part and the second part. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm just so disillusioned about the voting process that I'm finding it really hard to engage. With like with with any of the political sphere at this point in time, what are we going to do with any of this information? What are we going to do about the next election? Like, We're going to wait and see. We're going to watch it go down and then decide. Uh, 
Because we didn't do anything last time. Multi what, what do you mean? Attack. The, That's the, the really country was almost overthrown last time, didn't you see? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Totally. Insurrection and such. I got to let you go, Red Falcor, but thank you for calling in. Okay, man. All right. Thanks, you guys. Have a good night. <sighs> Tom is up next. Thomas Soul. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear that. Uh, Tom, are you there? Yes. How are you doing? We are well. What's on your mind? Okay. Uh, let's see. I got a choice uh, either heaven and hell. Or political philosophy. I could go with either. Uh, Blonde, do you have a preference? Uh, heaven and hell. Okay. All right. Well, when I was like 50 years ago, when I was like 14, 15, I started getting like, you mean how I act in my lifetime is going to determine where I'm going to end up for eternity and I may end up in hell for eternity? And, and that's sort of fueled my uh, disillusionment with with religion. But, you know, now that it's 60 years, 50 years later, I'm kind of wondering, what what would heaven be like? I mean, I think it's hard to imagine with our puny human brains, but I would assume that it's a place where we lose all of the negative factors of mortality. There's no fear there's no anxiety there's no uh, hunger or loneliness or anger or sadness okay um and then it's just kind of a, a unity with all that is good hmm. i don't you think know. that it's like you know thinking about what eternity is like remember this kid <laughs> that i grew up with and one time he was laying in bed and he was thinking so hard about like what eternity is like trying to envision it and wrap his puny little brain around it that he passed out. (laughs) (laughs) See, I, I, as I continue to try to think about just faith generally, I, I don't really have a concept of the afterlife. And maybe as I get more into this, uh, some of the concepts of the afterlife will get a little bit more familiar to me. But speaking as someone without that understanding, the idea of eternity, even if it is eternal enjoyment, Eternity sounds inherently torturous to me, if that makes sense. What, yeah. what I mean yeah. is, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, even if it's I was, great, I was kind of wondering. Well, like every is, the is, reason every day has value is because your days are finite; they will expire yeah, but one day. But the what if the entire concept of time is um is a human is is within the confines of human understanding? Yeah, maybe it's something that is so outside of my yeah, ability that, to comprehend I that I. I can't, but my understanding as a human being, even eternal enjoyment sounds in ways terrible to me. And I, I kind of fear that to be honest, I don't want eternal much of anything, but maybe (laughs) I should. Well, yeah. And, and especially, I mean, going the other way, eternal torment, that, that sounds like, well, it's worse. I would definitely, I'd rather have eternal enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly would rather have eternal enjoyment than eternal torture. But I guess there's a certain asterisk or qualifier on eternal generally that I have some hesitation about. That sounds like it might be bad in many ways, but maybe it's uh, my puny human brain that fails to understand it. I think so. I mean, I don't think God would subject us to to something that we find torturous in heaven. I don't know. Maybe he... Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel I kind of feel that that 
God is sort of outside of time, beyond time, and and that's why God can know your whole life because, I mean, to to God it's like a it's like a film reel where you can look at any any uh, any portion of it and and see what's going on. So God would know the whole thing from beginning to end, everything that you ever said and did. It's mm. all sort of in the can already, so to speak. Mm. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, and what if he knows uh, the course of your life before you're even born? Sure, because he he knows he knows all all eternity. He knows from the beginning of time to the end of time. So he sort of that that sort of fits in with the whether it's a Calvinist uh, theory where they said that you know it's, you're predetermined whether you're uh, going to heaven or hell. Well, that's just from from our viewpoint. It's predetermined, but of course we haven't lived through it yet, so we don't know. We don't know the end, so we have to sort of play it day day by day and do the best we can. Hmm. Well, in that case, I hope I make the right decision. <laughs> Any uh, closing <laughs> thoughts from you before we let you go? Uh, yeah, it's it's a good thing that uh, we have the Bill of Rights because if we didn't have the Bill of Rights, then the government would have stepped all over. Everything that every right that is in the Bill of Rights by now, we well, they've made a, the, a hell of an attempt. Of yeah. None of that stuff at all would have been stepped on. Yeah, well, they've they've found uh, various ways to step at least on the edges, and uh, the way it's going, they're going to go for the uh, the full stomp uh, sooner rather than later. But um, but you know, so long as we have people willing to defend it, uh, perhaps it'll survive. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the comment. Nice Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Visconti is up next. Visconti, are you there? Hello. What's on your mind? Not much. Um, well, I guess about a year, year and a half ago, I was listening to one of your call-in show podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a guy call in and he was talking about honeybees. And uh, talking about different boxes and some Russian guy who did bees a certain way. And then they couldn't speak. Much. Right, right, right. Yeah. When when they when he started speaking and uh, when the, they got a new owner, they he couldn't understand them. Is that the what the caller said? I don't think so. Just a, something like how he raised bees. Oh, okay. Maybe I had this conversation in my real life, but my friend was telling me about these bees, and you're supposed to talk to the bees. Oh, yeah. And then this like Russian guy was talking to the bees and then he died and they went to a new owner that spoke a different language and like he couldn't talk to the bees. They couldn't you couldn't relax them. They're actually them. language sensitive. I didn't know that. I don't or know. Is it the voice? Maybe it's the uniqueness of the voice. I don't know. And now I can't remember what this past caller said at all because hmm. I'm conflating stories in my life. Yeah. All right. So what's the angle on the bees? Why do we have to understand the bees? Oh, well, I just. Started kind of looking into it a little bit, uh-huh. and uh, now I'm a beekeeper, and wow. it's a, <laughs> okay. kind of opened up a see a new unknown passion. That is a well, I'm so. very glad and thankful to hear it. I don't know that I've ever heard uh, this stream caused me to become a beekeeper story. So yeah, uh, thank you for sharing it. Okay, so um, where do I even? Well, I guess I'll defer to you if you. What are the benefits? And if someone wanted to get started with beekeeping, what's the way to do that? 
just do it. <laughs> okay. Just get bees. And look it up on YouTube like anything else. That, that's essentially what I did. Have and you been stung yet or are you clean? Twice. That's not bad. That's not so bad. No. And like I said, I learned a lot about them. Most of the time, I don't even use my bee suit or my smoker. Mm. When I go open the boxes, they're just so chill about it. So what do you... That's, um, that's really cool. So, the, But the benefits are you get honey and what like improved, maybe your garden improves or what... what what do you get out of the bees? And is it, is it something that's just for you or do you actually have like a, is it something you can sell? Well, at first I thought it'd be really cool to uh, make mead. Oh, okay. Cause here in Tennessee, there's not a lot of meaderies and it'd be really cool maybe to open a meadery one day. But, um, anyway, I just started raising the bees and I have, I just really enjoy doing that. Hmm. And, yeah, I get excited every time I open up the box to see how much honey they got or they got new honeys be- or bees being hatched. So, Well, there you go. That's sweet. I, I've, I've always, there aren't a lot of honeybees around here, but bugs mistaken for bees, you know, wasps and things like that. I hate them all. Uh, <laughs> but actually, apparently honeybees are, are fairly well behaved in terms of aggression. Is that correct? Like when I think of hornet, like I'm probably thinking of wasps and hornets and all those other aggressive bugs that are real bastards. The honeybees maybe are nicer. Yeah, man, I've scooped up a handful of them and they were just walking around my hands like mm. that's weird, but cool at the same time. Mm. All right. Well, and, thank uh, I got involved with uh, the local beekeeper association. So I'm meeting new people and just getting more into it. So that's great. So thank you guys for having a random person talk about bees. <laughs> well, thank you for becoming a random guy talking about bees. The, uh, the circle has been completed and uh, no, seriously speaking. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that story. We always love to hear uh, how certain personal connections are made, or maybe in this case, a skill is developed, but man, to know that, um, that it put, uh, you know, at least a piece of your life on a positive trajectory in that way is really cool. So thank you for for sharing that story. My pleasure. Thank you. Right. Yeah, have a great night. Uh, before we were live, you were looking at uh, the anniversary of our first stream, episode zero. Yes, and it was um, May 8th. We missed our own anniversary. How about yeah. that? Maybe we can have a belated party this Sunday. But, you know, six years. Oh, my God. Talk about things you never thought would happen when you sit down to start a project like that. Uh, Certainly uh, we have um, marriages out there, lots of friendships. There might even I I think there's a baby or two in the mix. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely did not expect a beekeeping hobby to be developed out of this. But that's really cool. Uh, We are due for a break. So let's catch up with. uh, with chatters over on D live. Thank you guys for hanging out over there. Um, I will mention this on Sunday, but um, Odyssey has apparently updated their systems. And before they would buffer all the time and mention how to get around that. But now I guess um, that you can watch the, the live stream in full 1080 res without the buffering. So Odyssey has upped Sweet. their game. So that is an option as well. Let's see uh, over on uh, tippy stream. I fantasize about Nancy Pelosi. I hope that's not true. Says, uh, really, Matt, that's disgusting. You could have at least said AOC. <laughs> uh, well, I'd, 
Oh, I see. I, I get it. Okay, I get it. This is the advanced joke. He's he's making me say the thing. Got it. Yeah, that went over my head for a second. But yes, uh, you got me. You got me. Thank you for that. <laughs> you good? Yeah, we're good over there. Um, Citizen Seven says the only purpose of ballot drop boxes is fraud. Ask yourself a question: What legit voter would hand their ballot off to someone to deliver them rather than just put it in their own mail? I know. That's also legitimate. The, the only cases I can envision are, and, and a lot of states' laws make exceptions for this, the only people who are allowed to deliver your ballot are, are family members. Mm-hmm. I can understand someone who maybe is disabled, uh, but perfectly mentally capable, who wants to vote, but it's sort of a hassle for them with their physical limitations to go vote. That sort of stuff I understand. I can think of certain limited instances, but if you're an able-bodied person... You're, you know, we have to, I, I get, I get so tired of the political rhetoric that acts like voting is this insurmountable obstacle. Yeah. I know people work during the day and you have figure it out though. If you think you should vote, if you can go to the grocery store, if you can put gas in your car, if you can do all of these things, you can vote. If you want to vote, you can vote. And the, the more it's tempting to think, well, it should be as easy as possible. Yeah. I agree that we shouldn't purposefully put unneeded obstructions in place of it. But when you make there it should s- be some baseline obstructions like you, you have to go to the place to do it. <laughs> is, yeah. that a, is that an obstruction? Because the other side of being too loose with it is you have people going to round up people who otherwise wouldn't vote. And if they're legally enabled in certain states, at least they can do almost everything but check the box themselves like they can. Yep. They can actually take it. Um, they can drop it off. They can do all the actual work. And at that point, it's really not the conviction of the voter voting mm-hmm. and putting up the effort. It's just a guy won't stop knocking on my door. And to get him to go away, I checked this box. So he did. That's um. That's not it's not an active vote. You know, it's just harassing people into complying with your will. Yeah. And there's a lot of exactly. that kind of stuff going on. Yep. Um, Joe Biden is my dream man. Wow, blonde. I never would have guessed. Yes, I um, just fantasize about having his old pendulous balls in my mouth, on my boobs. Just Joe Biden. He wasn't even handsome when he was young. What a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> he was all right. He was better than he was better than he is now. I don't know, but his face is so um pulled back now. Yeah, it's all. It's like nothing but uh, but like uh, chip clips back there holding his skin together. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? What are the, the the ones you use? Well, I'm going with chip clips. That's the only context in which I use those little clippy things. What are the ones for it, clothes? Uh, clothes hangers? Uh, clothes hangers? I guess that's the term. That Wait, just no, sounds wrong. No, no, no. Clothes pins? Clothes that's what pins. I call them. Wow. What am I how many, I don't uh, have any of those, but that's what's holding Joe Biden's face tight, tightly. <laughs> Incompetent hands, 30. Glad blonde likes Madeline Stowe. She's great in 12 Monkeys. It's about a deadly virus that gets released from a lab intentionally. And then the whole country had to vote by mail. JK Billions die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's a real smoke show. Even now, and she's old as balls. Um, Not as Joe Biden's balls, though. Thomas Benoit says, The left keeps saying that abortion will be illegal in over half of the states, but those are the same states that they say don't matter because they have low population or electoral votes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Rugal Migdal says, just got here. Did they talk about Fuentes yet? Okay. So I don't know what's going on here. And I, um, I don't, I don't care. 
I've seen all the warring going on on Twitter. And as far as I can tell, there's like factions between it's like team a is Medicare and Worski, as far as I gather, and maybe some other people like Rakita, maybe I, I don't know. Team B is Fuentes and Ethan Ralph. And as far as I gather, they're all fighting over like the Medicare Fuentes debate. Obviously, Wait, what? I'm the last person who you should ask on. about this. I have no idea why all these people are fighting, but I see it on Twitter whenever I'm looking through my timeline. Um, yeah, uh, not not my that sort of uh, that sort of drama is not my scene. So, yeah, I, just, I couldn't tell uh, you. It might matter in the grand scheme of things. I just. I'm really tired, you know. <laughs> Oh, we're good. For oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. We'll come back to your chats. Uh, if someone wants to fill us in, um, though, of course. I'll have to just circle back with you. You know, you can, uh, I guess we could do that by email question or perhaps a caller or something like that. I just have no idea. And um, especially when I don't fully understand a conflict, I want to refrain from trying to say who's right or wrong or who's doing well or who's an idiot. I just have no idea. And that, that sort of, yeah. I don't know if there's more going on here than just YouTube drama. But in in Maybe, general, uh, YouTube drama is not is not my thing. I just I don't want to get involved in it. I don't really want to talk about it. Not my area of interest or expertise. So uh, unless there's something I'm missing, maybe there's some angle that I don't understand. But we will be informed of that, I suppose, if there is. Uh, next caller up is I know a fat guy. Hey, what's on your uh, mind? OK, uh, first, I got something for you guys. Uh, okay. A couple weeks ago. Trying to call in, I was going to tell you Alito was doing the abortion case, but apparently that's Ooh. weak. Yeah, well, uh, but that would have been, you would have been ahead of the curve. And I believe you that you might have had that pegged. Okay. How, uh, how did you know that really quick? How did you know it before? Did you speculate that or did you have a reason to know? Okay. Um, well, the, the one thing I was going to tell you is that Clarence Thomas is doing the New York State gun case. Oh, well, right? that's that also good news. That'll be awesome. Yes. Uh, I did not come up with this. I was watching a YouTuber. I forget his channel. He was a lawyer and he he knows the Supreme Court and he knows how they function. And he looked at who's written it because he's like Robert's written too. So Robert's is writing no more. So he was able to figure it out. And senior justices get the important cases that are going to be cited for years and years. It sounds like but it sounds like Alito. So it was Thomas's decision to let Alito write this case, correct? Yes. Okay. And Thomas, uh, I wonder why Thomas made that choice just because he, uh, what would be the reasoning there? Why would Thomas, uh, refuse that opportunity? Yeah. Because Thomas, Thomas wanted the gun case and Mm. Alito really wanted the abortion case. You can tell Alito really wanted it. And I, that's one of the things I appreciate about the opinion. Um, it, it holds nothing back, but it's also very, it's, it's, it demolishes and it demolishes all the arguments while being also totally considerate of them, which is rare. And you might say too kind, but I really appreciated how it, it considered and demolished every possible angle you want to take. I didn't really read it. I didn't think of that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're more interested in the gun case then, or I don't know. You tell me. Really? I wasn't really interested in the gun case. I just thought it was an interesting tidbit. Hmm. Uh, and for listeners who might not know, as far as I understand, this is a challenge to New York State's concealed carry laws. Is that correct? This is a challenge. This is a challenge to New York City's. Oh, New York City. Okay. 
Uh, basically, New York City was saying you cannot uh, use uh, self-defense as a reason to get a gun. <laughs> okay. You can't carry your gun. Yeah, and you have to keep your gun in your home like almost 24-7. Oh, good Lord. Well, what's the point of a concealed carry permit yeah. if you have to keep it in your home? <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, the only people who really can get a gun are police officers, ex-police officers, security, uh-huh. and people who have God's personal phone number. <laughs> well, if you have a friend, it's like getting a concealed carry permit in, in California too. Some counties are a little more friendly than others, but if you're in an unfriendly county, you basically have to be friends with the sheriff there, and it's all but impossible. So, is it fair to say? I don't know that much about this case, but I've read a little bit about it. This case potentially would stand to could establish an individual right to carry in a similar way that Heller established an individual right to possess. Uh, a firearm would that be a fair way to say it or am i missing something uh that would be the extreme okay. like that would be like there's a lot of speculation of how far the court's going to go mm-hmm. kind of the 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 real moderate position that people that, that people are think they're going to go is they're going to say no self-defense is a reason to grant a permit you can't deny people that mm-hmm. and they're also probably going to uh knock down the you can't tell them that they have to keep it in their car the only in New York City, the only way you were allowed to transport your gun was either from your apartment or wherever you were living to the gun range, and that was it. Like if you were driving out of what? the city to like your second house, that was illegal. Wait, you, and you would have to take a car. You couldn't take public transit or anything, or yeah. a taxi, right? Wait, you're telling me you yeah. can't transport it at all? You can't even have it locked up in a case or something? No. What? How do According you how do you move York's- it? What if you move? Well, <laughs> you you would have to do it like illegally or something like that. Okay. I, I didn't, yeah, it was like New York City was is, is is just they're crazy when it comes to gun laws. You're supposed to keep it at your uh, place of rev- residence always, unless you're taking it to a gun range. Okay, gun ranges only. That's yeah. uh, that's a new yeah, one. People are saying yeah, the people are saying that that that's going to fall. They're going to say like no, you can't stop people from walking around it if you give them. <sighs> I mean, that, carry. If that's if that's what it is, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. I've had to transport firearms through California before. And in that case, as far as I remember, it was had to be locked in a case in the trunk and no ammo in the case. So just so just like just God. in case you ever needed it, uh, you have to tell the criminal, hold on, let me uh, fumble with my keys here a little while. And then I got to find my ammo in this other area. Of you my just car stay and, right there, sir. Yeah. Um, but if you're telling me you can't even move it, period, that's. That's absolute insanity. Not that California is sane, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, that's New York City for you. Wow. Also about like 200 people get like fined or get in trouble because they have a gun in a locked case and they're just going through like LaGuardia or JFK. Yeah. So I, I, have you followed this case? I didn't listen to oral arguments in this case or any of that, but um, have you followed this case closely at all? Or do you have any... Do you have any forecasts for how this might turn out? Because that should be coming out imminently, right, in the next few weeks as well. Yep, yep. Uh, okay. uh, well, it easily, they're going to open up. I, I think they're just going to blow up the, like, re- very restrictive cities. I mean, uh, California, probably most of their laws are going to be blown up to some degree. That They're going to have to start, like, issuing, allowing people to get, like, guns if they just put self-defense on there. California, Chicago, L.A., you know, People are going to be allowed to carry their gun with them when they walk through the street concealed. Hmm. Okay. I don't think they'll go that far. A lot of people say like, 
the door is open if they wanted to do constitutional carry across the country. I, I don't I don't think they'll have the stomach to do that. That's uh, I, I, I well, it's hard for me to even know because <laughs> the, the court has so rarely even taken Second Amendment cases in recent years um, or really ever. I mean, you think about Heller establishing an individual right to possess a firearm in what, like 2008 or nine? When was that? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is oh. relatively recent history that the court has even considered building, you know, a, a, a series of Second Amendment precedent. So oh, you. you- you know, the reason behind that is like everyone's been saying it's been Roberts who's been trying to get these controversial cases like not to go to the Supreme Court. Mm. Uh, Amy uh, Comey Barrett being on the reproducing Ruth Bader Ginsburg has allowed the conservatives to like start taking up these cases. Yeah. Well, uh, I got to think that that Thomas writing it is a decent sign, though. I, I, I have a hard, oh, yeah. hard time thinking that's going to go a crazy way if Thomas is writing it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for the intel. I will. Yeah, everybody's waiting to see the Roe opinion uh, or the the Dobbs technically opinion, but the the opinion that theoretically will overturn uh, will overturn Roe. Waiting for that to drop. And the uh, in the indications I saw in Politico this morning, there are more sources speaking with Politico saying, uh, "Yeah, the 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 opinion remains intact. The five justice majority remains intact. This looks like really? unless they kill someone, it's coming down." And so. That Unless will, they kill someone, which I won't count it out. Uh, but uh, so that that certainly will make a lot of noise. But pr- right around the same time, we're going to get this case, which is also worth paying attention to. So thanks for the I'm worried that it's that. going to Rose going to obscure some other decisions. It could. Yeah. All right. Um, did you want a quick final thought before we let you go? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that it's so calm right now. I thought there'd be. Hmm. Bigger protests because I see in other countries they're already having like food riots, inflation riots. I'm surprised yeah. we're not having. I'm surprised we're not having more of it here. Well, we got a lot of time, man. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it's um it's bad, but but it's uh, I think it can get a little worse. <laughs> yeah, this this baby <laughs> formula stuff is is crazy. So once it's beyond baby formula and it's uh you know broader uh, food items. Yeah, we might we might see some serious conflict. We're probably right on the edge of that. It's fine. I, I I'm just gonna breastfeed my baby until she's seven. So it's okay. <laughs> I, I can't wait for someone to get stabbed in the par- Walmart parking lot over baby formula. We're right about there. I'm in fact check do a news search. You might see results for that as we speak. So all right, all right. Have a great night. Appreciate it. You too. That will be very interesting to see. Um, I, I mentioned it in. Um, on the topic of them killing someone. I mentioned it in the video that I posted today, but did you see? Oh, and also I look right now. They've got the handmaids, a tail women marching outside Amy Coney Barrett's house. They've got like six of these people in their handmaids tail costumes. Shouldn't they be more worried about this formula shortage? Uh, yeah, I suppose if they're going to be, if it's forced pregnancy, you guys are going to have to uh, stock <laughs> up on some baby formula. It looks like yeah, Amy Coney Barrett looks like she lives in a very nice neighborhood. Very well manicured landscapes. Um, Man, are we going to have to bring back the wet nurse? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, anyway, uh, so on the topic of, of killing people uh, for political reasons, which Speaking of that. They, they might do. <laughs> uh, did you see Lori Lightfoot's tweet on Monday night? No, what'd she say? Oh, Lori Lightfoot. Let me get the uh, the exact tweet language. She said 
she basically called for a gay war to resist the Supreme Court. This is an assault on LGBT. Okay, here's the tweet. I'll, I don't want to mischaracterize. She tweeted this on Monday night to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community. The Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. Lori Lightfoot posted that. Then Which she literally co- has nothing to do with gay people or lesbians. Yeah, but they're coming for them now. They're done well, with why? the women. They're done with the women. They're moving on to the homosexuals. Oh, we got a lot of work to do with the, the women still. <laughs> uh, she followed up. We will not surrender our rights without a fight, a fight to victory. And of course, the jokes write themselves. Uh, you know, <laughs> called arms. You banned all the arms in Chicago. Where are you going to get the arms? But also, I just want to see her army. I want to see her army of <laughs> LGBTQ people. It's uh, anyway. I, Dude, I don't know. This is bullshit. Okay, I'm reading about this this formula thing, to be fair. Yeah. And a CNN article, can I make formula at home? It's this question. It just says no, broadly no. There's a what? Weston A. Price formula that apparently is way better than all the formulas that are on the market. You can find the recipe online. I mean, obviously breastfeed if you can. But um, that's so absurd. When you look at the ingredients for formula, it's always like soy and a bunch of vegetable oils. They're just They're just dog shit. I read that you can make it out of condensed milk and like corn syrup, which obviously I would not recommend. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Let's uh, give babies that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's whatever people think about their choices between breastfeeding and formula and all that for for a lot of families and a lot of women, it's it's not much of a choice at all. You know, there's a lot of necessity. um, And to breastfeed to for, for formula. Because there are all the sorts of complications. The only way for, I can think is if there's some anatomical problem and you can't breastfeed. Well, there, there are all sorts of women who have either uh, an inability or difficulty meeting demand. And yeah, so they need to supplement. Only those women get a pass. Well, I, I agree that my personal philosophy is that, you know, that we uh, want to go the natural route. However, um, you know, for a lot of people, supplementation at least is not even an option. Or yeah. it's not, it's not, um, it's not an option. It's it's a requirement by virtue of, you know, their production capability or whatever else. So uh, the whole thing is a giant mess. Anyway, mm. I don't know. I'll just I, I don't breastfeed. I'll shut the hell up. I, I, no, I don't, you don't chest feed. I don't handle that. So that is not my department. But um, but no, I mean, obviously, we see the store shelves around here and, and they're completely insane. It's empty and you can't even you can't even get it at a lot of stores. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bahamut Zero. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. What's on your mind? Uh, Hello, can you hear me? Uh, Yeah. What's on your mind? Yeah, so uh, I have a question in regards to the um, Supreme Court case with um, Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, if if, um, Roe v. Wade does get overturned, um, do you think um, this will cost the Republicans the, the midterms? No, no. And I, I, for a bunch of reasons, the polling doesn't show it. I think that you're going to have a, an economic disaster for the next few months. People will forget about this by the time November rolls around because they'll have had several months of economic struggle. But even if it did, we got into this a little bit on Sunday. Even if it did cost seats in Congress, who cares? It's you, the bigger issue. Yeah. You have to take that deal as a matter of law and morality. You have mm. to take that deal. So for anybody to say, well, I, I we got to maintain, we got to get a, con- a, a congressional majority. I just think that that is yeah, a why? such a short sighted view. 
So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not worried about that happening, and I don't think we should be worried about that happening. But do you disagree, uh, Mister Zero? No, I, I, I no, I, I do agree. Um, I just heard, I just listened to like other people's opinions, and some of these mm-hmm. some of these um YouTubers um like do say like it will cost like the Republicans the midterms. No chance. They're wrong. Uh, <laughs> they're just wrong. What, their reasoning is what? That everybody cares about abortion so much that, that independents, and that's who we're really talking about. Oh, no. Like for Democrats to get rabid uh, abortion loving, you know, single wine chugging women, they're already in their camp. They don't need yeah, to motivate those people to, anymore. Yeah. So they're going to, for abortion to motivate your typical independent to go to the polls when we're watching our country collapse economically and we have a president who, stands in front of his fake backgrounds about tackling inflation and all this nonsense. Yeah. I just can't imagine somebody who is not party loyal being motivated by this issue and being so pissed off that their state gets to decide it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to disincentivize Republicans to vote either. No, they're, they're already hugely motivated. In fact, they might be more motivated now. Right. Right. So did, did you have more thoughts on it? No, Ms. not quite. Uh, I think that pretty much answered my question. All right. Well, well. thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Uh, and have a great night. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Later. And that, that's the thing, too. With these, as these, So they're at Barrett's house tonight. They've hit Alito's house. They've done Kavanaugh's house. They've done Robert's house. These are all such pathetic, lame numbers. <laughs> We're talking about like a, a couple dozen people. Yeah. Where... I want to laugh at them and say, like, this is so lame and and absolutely <laughs> weak. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, they'll kill but, people, though. I mean, there's got to be. Yeah. Do they actually have like does Lori Lightfoot have a militia meeting right now and they're all plotting their assassinations? Who knows? I mean, I think that they probably have something up their sleeve. We chronically underestimate the malice of the left. And attribute incompetence to, you know, I suppose attributed to malice. Like, I, I just don't I'm not counting out that they're going to murder somebody. Should I be thinking they want me to laugh at these lame ass protests so that I get comfortable so that I'm susceptible to their actual attack? Is that Maybe. is that what I need to be thinking here? Maybe. Did you see today, too? So uh, I'll be quick on this. We'll get to the next caller. The, Chuck Chuck Schumer called for a, a he called for a vote to. It wasn't even an attempt to pass. It was a show vote on a bill that he says would codify Roe, but in ways went beyond Roe. Anyway, national abortion law that would that would override existing state regulations and through Congress shove Roe v. Wade down every state's throat. And it failed 51 to 49, but it doesn't matter because they, yeah. they needed 60 to clear the filibuster anyway. So it was destined to fail. But his reasoning is, I want to put all senators on record. Oh, they did need 60 to clear the filibuster because I read 49-51. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, they needed, they needed 60 and they don't have the support to, to nuke the filibuster. But I just don't even understand this political calculation. Oh, no. How? Uh, please. I can't. I don't want to go back to like Missouri. You know, if I'm uh, I don't know if Josh Howley's up for reelection or, you know, say um, even even in Montana, which is sort of a purplish state. You think Steve Daines, our guy, is scared to yeah. go back to Montana and be like, well, I, I know you guys are really mad that I bucked Chuck Schumer. But let me explain. Let me explain yeah. why I did. it's uh, applause. Applause for that. In fact, one right. of our senators, all Democrats, except for um, except for Joe Manchin, voted for it. John Tester out of Montana voted for this. 
Hmm. And, I, and I look at his social media. Oh, thank you for standing up for us, Senator Testa. You sold Montana out to Chuck Schumer. The hell are you people talking about? I get that you guys love abortion. That's great. But you sold Montana's autonomous decision on this, pending the Roe decision. You sold our decision on this to Chuck Schumer. To Chuck Schumer. And you're cheering. What the hell is wrong with you people? It's okay. A reckoning will come. I, it must. Uh, Sound and Fury is up next. Sound and Fury, are you there? Hey, what's up? What's on your uh, mind? Not much. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, it's been a while since I called in. I've called in once before. Okay. Um, and I wanted to say real quick a couple things before I before I ask you what I wanted to ask you. First, it's funny to me that uh, I don't remember what his name was. The guy who was talking about bees. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I cannot get away from bees in my podcasts. I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's following you. Other people are it's talking bees. I was I was watching Joe Rogan. Okay. And he had James Hetfield on from Metallica. Huh. Guess what James Hetfield was talking about? Beekeeping. Uh beekeeping. Apparently, yeah, apparently he keeps bees. Wow. See, everybody's trying <laughs> to return to the old ways <laughs> yeah. or whatever because we all feel like society is going to collapse. That was my chair. Yeah. I didn't fart. That was the old Swalwell, the mug across the table. (laughs) But uh, it kind of ties into what I wanted to ask you about. So I like to keep an eye on, I guess you would call it the culture war, Mm -hmm. you know, and and not just in terms of politics, but in terms of books and movies. And I've recently gotten back into collecting comics. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm sure. I don't know if you know this with Pride Month going on, D.C. in particular, has just gone full ham on it. Well, wait, they're they're all. Um, I thought Pride Month was June. Are they preempting? Yes, it's already early Pride Month. You say? Um, it's just Pride all of, the time. Maybe. Like, yeah, dude, they I'm, do I'm not start- get a whole month plus. <laughs> I'm I'm starting to wonder if maybe they just don't know exactly when Pride Month is, and well, so they're just. Are you talking like retail? Or are you talking like uh, other setting? Because I could see. How it becomes sort of like uh, putting your Christmas stuff out at Target before Halloween because they're ahead of the game. It seems to be a little bit of that. Um, Just a lot of what they've been pushing lately in terms of like advertisements is all about DC Pride. You know, they've got the rainbows out. Yeah, Uh, they're they're pushing Superman's son, you know, being not really gay, but gay because he's what? Um, yes, your friend's son is gay now. Have fun with that. Is that a comic thing or is that coming out in a movie? That's it. That is in the comics. I'm sure they want to put it in the movies, (laughs) but, um, I've been, I've just been keeping up with that and it's something, it it occurred to me that like with news of Batwoman, everybody's favorite DC superhero and everybody's favorite DC show failing after the third incredibly heavily watched season on the CW. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being sarcastic at all. It's all super true. I promise. Um, after that got canceled and then with what's going on between Disney and um, the governor of Florida, whose name escapes me at the moment. I'm sorry DeSantis. about that. Yeah. DeSantis. Thank you. I get, for some reason I get his name confused with Newsom and I'm like, it's not right. <laughs> Don't do They're it. Mortal enemies. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. say it. Yeah, but um, yeah, with what's going on with that and them losing their special tax exempt status that they had, mm-hmm. you have everybody agreeing that um, 
uh, Morbius is the worst Marvel movie ever. You have almost nobody talking about Moon Knight except for the people paid to talk about Moon Knight. I heard it was terrible. I haven't watched it and I'm probably not going to. Mike and Jay said um, maybe worst movie they've ever seen. Hmm. Oh, Morbius? Yes, everybody hates No, um, oh, what did you say after that? Night, Moon... Moon Knight. It's, moon Knight, it's a TV yeah. show. Oh, that's not what I'm thinking of. Never mind. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's it's not getting any traction. Moonfall is what I'm thinking of. Hmm. Ah, haven't heard of that. I'll have to check that out. Why? But what has been... <laughs> I, have a, I have a strange soft spot in my heart for crap. <laughs> I've Apparently the, you I've like watched... this. Yeah, I've watched the room three times. Huh. You sound like you have um, my kind of taste. <laughs> you know, I do like good movies, though. I promise. Ah, yeah. Oh, if you um, like crap, you should watch this movie. High Life. That movie's just trash. I will write that down and look it up. It's just garbage. But, but yeah, what has been gaining traction is a lot of the uh, parallel economy stuff, you know, not and not just the stuff coming out of um, the Daily Wire. But um, a lot of the in, in, in the world of comics, the stuff that's been gaining traction is newer, um, not necessarily apolitical, but not uh, dogmatic. Just like newly right? created franchises. Is that what you're saying? Newly created franchises that aren't necessarily trying to shove an ideology down yeah. your throat. Yeah, yeah. Right. They can. And, and that doesn't mean they're not political. Right. Because there has been stuff coming out that is political um on the comics gate movement um the guy who used to color the superman comics until recently his name's gabriel el taib he is creating a comic that is a almost a direct attack on what dc is doing right now and he's calling it truth justice in american way because on top of making superman's son uh super flowery they've also gotten rid of the catchphrase. He doesn't say I fight for truth, justice in the American way. Anymore. Oh yeah. Oh, it's now God. Yeah. And so the colorist, what's the new, on what the does he comic, say now? It, it's, they just took out truth, American way or something. Yeah. It's truth, justice and a better tomorrow. Which, ah, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just got, it, it got me thinking about like, I don't know how much you guys know about ESG. Uh, environmental social governance. I've Nothing. I've heard a little bit about this. This is like some kind of um. Well, I don't. Can you explain? It, it's like rating businesses or something like that for their uh, kind of their progressive cred. Is that accurate? Or yeah. you could probably explain it better than I could. I I don't want to take up too much you know time tonight. Um, mm-hmm. and it, this would take a very long time to explain. The easiest way I can explain it is that. It's a credit score for corporations mm-hmm. that signals to certain investors that are looking for a specific agenda to be pushed. Yeah. So like if they have a high ESG score, certain investors will look at it and be like, I'm going to invest in that company because they're pushing the agenda that I want. And oh, my God. Wow. I so, hate that. So this is kind of um, blonde and I talk about all the time. It's bizarre that people make investments uh, seeking some sort of other factor other than a, a return other than a profit yeah. this would be kind of that here's an investment yeah. you can make where the return on your investment is actually secondary to the ideological return i suppose you could say like that that's first and foremost almost for these people 
That is uh-huh. so I, depressing. Yeah, it, and it almost sounds like some QAnon-style conspiracy nonsense. It is 100% real. It's a real thing. Harvard's got an entire page dedicated to explaining it. Hmm. I recommend you look into it. All right. And what I what I wanted to get your opinion on, we'll have to be is, real quick here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just yeah, I'll just I'll ask the question. And yeah, then sure. Y'all, and then I'll, I can head on my way. So. Do you guys believe as strongly as I do that um, a big part of sort of rebalancing American culture in terms of our ability to connect with people across the aisle, do you think that the sort of front lines of that is going to be entertainment? Because I believe it is. Yeah, sure. I think that that pushing, not necessarily pushing values, but giving people that escape giving people something that they can enjoy and discuss regardless of what they believe philosophically. Right. Because when I come, when I look at what star Trek is doing right now, um, they've, Oh God. I saw the January 6th scene in the new star Trek. That was pretty. Oh, it gets, gets, apparently the, they're also going to have a a comedic body swap episode because they're Mm. like, star Trek can be funny. You guys. And I'm like, why are they doing this? I haven't even watched it. You, you watch red letter media. I take you sound like a film buff. I haven't watched red letter, but blah. I haven't watched them in a while, but, um, I am, you know, of of them, right? I know of them. Yes. So they were talking, I I don't watch Picard because I love the next generation. I don't want it to. It's crap. Oh, I heard it's so terrible, but they were talking about that movie. I skag. Have you seen this movie? Stand by me where all the boys find the dead body. Uh, I'm generally aware of, I can't remember if I've seen it, but I, well, this group of boys finds a dead body and then they come back and like, they're all forever altered because of what they experienced together. And they likened the experience of watching Picard to the to the boys and stand by me. All right, I, <laughs> like we we're all a little changed now that we yeah, had to yeah. watch this. We can't dog go shit. back. Oh <laughs> you can't go back, and that's kind of how I feel about some of some of these movies and and film. Mm. It's like I I hate society a little bit more mm. because I had to watch that because I did watch it. All right, we gotta we gotta keep it moving. Uh, but I agree to, with you though. To answer your question, right. yeah, I I don't know if um. I don't know if it's the most important piece, but it's a major piece. Like I, I think that as valuable as it is to to talk politics and news and get people to understand where they stand philosophically and for what reasons, um, it is also of major social value to have things that we can all just enjoy together outside of those things. I think um, entertainment is one area of that. Sports is an area that I'm you know, that I've been a little more uh, involved in that has been totally corrupted by these people too. Um, And yeah, we need to restore those to, to just being able to appreciate those things without accepting political premises to do that. Mm. And uh, hopefully we get there. All right. Well, thanks for talking with me guys. Thanks. See ya. Man. So depressing. All right. Uh, we are due for a break, so let's catch up with our chatters. I think we're good on Tippy Stream, so we just want to grab a couple off YouTube, and we can get back to the callers for the last segment. Sure, Kevin Smith. What are your opinions on dueling laws? Is it good duels or outlawed nowadays? <laughs> yeah. No, I wish we would um, return to an era where men had to fight it out physically. Maybe we could end up with some kind of uh, warrior culture if we did that. I sort of... Uh, no minorities, though. They would gum up the works. <laughs> this is a racially exclusive 
dueling policy. It would just policy. be you getting like shanked by some Mexican or like shot by well, some Well, there have guy. to be, you have to agree to the terms of the duel. Yes. That's, right. Yeah. And don't count out like, uh, don't count out the, the, the white meth heads shanking ability. Those guys can oh, shank. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll shank you. They'll shank you good. <laughs> um, no, seriously speaking, um, this is a very moral in, morally interesting concept because if two people agree on the premise that There's one person consent, is, yeah. is going to lose his life, there is consent. However, does that, does the consent alone make it moral? Take the logic to say assisted suicide, for example, there's consent. Does the consent make it moral in all contexts in just terminal illness context? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of, of gentlemen handling their disputes in a gentlemanly combat way. Yeah. Uh, there's something that's appealing about that, to be honest. But when you start, when you start opening up the box of people consenting to the end of their lives by someone else's hand, you do get into all sorts of morally murky territory because the the argument is, well, you're not valuing life to the degree that you should. You are intervening and ending it, even if everybody agrees to that sort of arrangement. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see both sides of this, though. Hmm. But I do want to be in a society that's more geared towards uh, consequences for speech in, in a way that like. Not that I'm anti-free speech or anything like that, but like right. the 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 anonymity that goes along with speech these days also has consequences. And like some sometimes I'm like, all right, you said this thing, and now you need to get the shit kicked. Out. <laughs> I I can agree with that that concept that anybody who tells you that you feel just as confident to say things on Twitter as you would to, to someone's face, face yeah. in real life, you're, you're you're kidding yourself. There's a there's a reason too that that the saying is true that an armed society is a polite society when you know when you know that you might face consequences for your jackassery even if those consequences aren't necessarily just you will inevitably consider your jackassery knowing <laughs> that it could cost you a severe beating or your life or anything right. again that I'm and I, I the point you're taking is or point you're making is correct that I I don't think that it's necessarily the right thing to shoot a guy or beat his ass if he says something unkind to you. But I want to go more in that direction. But if that guy knows it's a possibility, he might consider his words more carefully. You know, the government used to not interfere in gentlemen's manner or matters at all. Uh, mm. Be like, all right, you guys need to sort this out in whatever way you see fit. Yeah. Well, if I'm trying to go to bat for the concept of valuing life as a principle, there's a good counter argument that you don't rely on the government to uphold and enforce that value or principle. Nobody yeah. values life less than the government oh, in almost all contexts. So there's maybe a case <laughs> to be made there. Dr. David, is Brittany coming on while she's in Idaho? Um, no, but we've been hanging out. I haven't seen her in real life in like... Almost three years, two years, something like that. She has then, been in Europe or what? Uh huh. She lives in Austria with her husband. Um, so it's been so nice to see her in the flesh. Um, battle case. St Stephanie Gray Connor's pro life argument is that the uterus was designed for the baby, not the woman. It serves the woman no purpose. The organ serves the baby. That's that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's battle cat. Sorry. Ah. Blonde cheese. Oh, duh. 
Um, yeah, it, 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 it serves no kind of inherent survival or inherent physiological function for the woman herself, I suppose. It, yeah. it, it exists to house and grow the child. Interesting. That is true. Um, okay, we're good for now. All right. We will come back to your chats at the end of the show. Thank you, guys. And we'll get to uh, one more um, segment of callers. I'll have to just circle back with you. Toasting Tony. Tony, are you there? Tony. I got Anthony? nothing. Do you? Nope. Okay. All right, Tony, we will try again. Sorry about that. I uh, like that name. It's a shame it's so decidedly Italian. And it's also been Tony. Uh, hijacked by Tony Fauci. It's, oh, uh, I forgot about it. I always think about, it. you know, Tony Soprano. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aeolian, are you there? I am indeed. Am I coming through all right? Yes, yeah, sir. Loud and clear. clear. What's on your mind? All right. Man, it's been a while since I last called in, but uh, wow, where do I start? No. Uh, this whole abortion thing has has got me thinking more so along uh, along the national divorce lines. Hmm. Um, and all I can really say is like, I'm moving back to my home state of South Dakota. Cool. I'm looking forward to it so, so badly. Uh, I came, uh, I'm living in Michigan right now. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's where my, uh, uh, that's where my folks are after I came off of active duty. Hmm. Uh, I was in Japan for most of COVID, so didn't Ooh, really. How is it over there right now? Uh, over there? I don't know. Um, I don't know so much, but when I was over there, that was 2020 and 2021. Um, it was, it was pretty miserable. Because hmm. oh no, well, it's it was more so that like you could see all of the businesses that that were being that were being like shuttered and not able to offer their services. And there's actually so I was in Okinawa, right? I was I was on the military bases uh, over there in Okinawa, and there was a ton of small restaurants and small shops that cater specifically to Americans mm-hmm. run by, you know, Japanese and veterans and stuff like that. And it, like, it was totally dead. I was told all of these stories about, Oh man, go out to K town and you, it's been absolutely wild. You'll have like five arrests. Like as soon as you step out of the gate and it was nothing. Are you serious? No, no, well, that might be no. good. So yeah, I had turned the conversation to me, but I may have an opportunity to move my family to Okinawa for a year. And I have really been wanting to do it, but there are a lot of reasons to not do it. It sounds like, is it just going to be like this forever? Well, I think, I think definitely it's uh, it could have improved since I went also, that was all that, you know, that I was sheltered from all that because I was obviously receiving, you know, military pay. And most of my time anyway, was spent exploring the nature of Okinawa and it's absolutely gorgeous. It is a mm. tropical island and it has all of the tropical island, like, you know, amenities. Right. Coral diving, mountain hikes. My favorite was taking uh, new guys to waterfalls, like the hidden, they have to like hike up creeks and stuff. It was amazing. Well, maybe. I, this if, isn't what you called you to talk about, though. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, if uh, to any and all listeners and God bless you guys. You guys know that you've you've already been on this. Uh, you guys got both got out of California. Wait, yeah, I only lasted both? two years. Yeah, so I I was hardly there at all. But I I did my tour. Well, that's two years more than I've spent in California. Yeah. and uh, but uh, no, I'm moving back to South Dakota, and that's what, uh, where what part I of South Dakota? Because 
Yeah, that's where I want to stay because um, you no, know what part though? What I part really of the state? That, if you're comfortable sharing, uh, Eastern South Dakota. Ah. So not those, not those weirdos out in Rapid City. I was gonna say, uh, man, Black Hills is like it ranks highly in my potential uh, potential places to go. But, oh, they're they're gorgeous, and land out there is still reasonable. Yeah, um, it's more vacation for me personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's okay. absolutely nothing anybody wants in eastern South Dakota, and that's why I'm going there. Got it. Okay, so carry on. I didn't mean to interrupt, but did you have more thoughts about well, that? Well, well, just along these national divorce lines, I see this coming up more and more, and I'm really, really left asking the question: Okay, is abortion something that's been there too long as the splinter you know the splinter may well be removed but has it festered and Mm. you know do we have like powerful enough antibiotics to cure this you know this disease of you know animosity toward each other uh i really hope so because i really don't see a real logistical way that you know we actually have different states now like completely different countries between you know the west coast and the rest of, I, I can't but even that imagine. That might might prevent just uh, just an incredible amount of suffering. Like I'm just not would, willing to coexist with these people under any circumstances. Now they just fucked me around too much. Like yeah, three no, years ago, I would have talked, but that, like that's the point. So, like I can't. Like, I have zero brain space to offer to someone who even has a you know a passing a passing acceptance of abortion the yeah it's it's not it, it's not an argument anymore yeah, the, yeah this is not forcing anything down anybody's throats the question is left up to the states now yeah as know, it should have been but people seem to to not be aware of this or to really understand it or perhaps they're deliberately misconstruing it oh uh, they're well trained yeah, they, I don't they, know. They I have think that genuinely lying. people don't – a lot of people don't understand yeah. but, um Because the information has been has been taken away from them and they've yeah. been taught you know, how not to seek it. Yeah. Well – That's the, enough the, doomerism for me. I, I want to go and you know, just like – I want to get away from all this stuff. I'm going to yeah. remain in the reserves as long as I can. Hmm. And, Are you a, a marine you know, reservist? I am a marine reservist, yeah. So I'm just going to do the best I can for as long as I can. And I'm going to d- take care of my own until then. T minus how many years until pension? Um, about seventeen and a half. Holy shit! Well, yeah, it's a long road. <laughs> well, don't get deployed. You're going to get deployed to the gay war, but yeah, at, yeah really. but Lori Lightfoot's gay war. I should. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. I don't know if you saw, but Lori Lightfoot has issued a call to arms against the Supreme Court. Because they're going after the LGBTQ, so I won't um, be on the side she wants me to be on. Yeah, so I I was joking earlier. It's like if there's a you know if there's a rebel militia forming for the gay war, I accept Lori Lightfoot's terms. We may, perhaps we can. It's not my idea; it's hers. But yeah, really, um, it's going to be like that Tumblr army from the yeah uh, maybe you know from 2016. But you know you know what's interesting. The point you made too, because there's a legal question here on the abortion thing. Obviously, the question of what political entities get to decide is it states is it the national government the supreme court have a role in that or not but there's a whole moral angle to this and when you said i don't have time to even discuss with a person who holds you know like the the crazy view that there's not even a life at stake at all that's what i wonder can that be repaired you know obviously we had a national split around the issue of slavery before not just the legal reality of who gets to decide the issue 
but the 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 fact that we had uh, insurmountable amount of moral disgust on the issue mm-hmm. that there were a lot of divisions not strictly based <clears throat> on legal lines but just I can't even talk to you if you believe that this is okay. Yeah. There's a lot of people might scoff at the comparison between slavery and abortion, but there are actually a lot of parallels in terms of the moral questions at stake and in terms of people's I, I just who gets to make that sort of political decision. And I, I, I just Especially I, the fact that it's 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 a it's an issue that so many people just it goes completely under their radar and then there's a very vocal minority who say no this is completely acceptable it's like no this is absolutely unacceptable in any kind of civilized society oh yeah yeah. and i've seen signs at these lame-ass protests they're doing saying that a woman becomes enslaved that she's enslaved now for carrying the child that that is bullshit because if you have an abortion you're you're enslaved by your guilt regret and sadness for the rest of your life well, it's like I, I would i might agree that it's forced labor if someone held you down and turkey basted you to get you pregnant maybe there's an element of force there if you consented to the creation of that life there's your consent to the labor sorry they would just use the rape argument anyway which is totally um yeah. I think it's an invalid argument because the child all no child consents to being born the yeah. the, the point is that the child has been conceived yeah well, clearly right. you uh, and, you sparked I mean, some thought, but I'll give you a final final word, Mister Aeolian. Well, uh, you know the culture sees parenthood as slavery, right? Shackling yeah. yourself to yeah. you know uh, somebody else who you're going to keep from having their fun to raise this mewling, smelly little thing. Yeah, and I've seen it in my nephew and in my you know my brothers and sisters who've had, who've become parents, and it's completely transform their lives i hope that transforms oh my gosh one day too oh well, well and, people um they don't i'm like you can have the last word i'm gonna have the last word um people don't realize that their lives no matter what they're like if they're responsible people they they open up to a different life and so they can't imagine that their lives would change but it just does because there's something more important than you and it's the responsibility it's the liability of the love that people are afraid of uh but they just don't understand that Nothing is a great line, Blonde. I'm stealing that. It's the <laughs> liability of love that people are afraid of. Well, it oh, is. Yeah. I mean, I look at Emmeline and like it, it's so much love. Like you think that you love your spouse and you think that you love your parents and your siblings. And, and you do or your first love or whatever. But like you look at your child and it's like, oh, my God, like, what would I even do if something happened to you? I don't I don't know how I would ever get through it. She's just she's just the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Love opens up hearts and it hurts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, thanks. Uh, Thanks for taking my call, guys. God bless you both. And as in the words of the venerable uh, Fulton Sheen, whose canonization for sainthood is or cause for canonization hopefully goes forward. There is one way to treat everyone. And that is kindness, kindness, kindness. Mm. Mm. (laughs) It's looking at you, blonde. (laughs) No, it's a real problem. I knew that wouldn't right. go over well. All right. <laughs> See you, thank, thank you, man. And uh, good right, luck good with your guys. move. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Have a great night. What okay. a nice fella. Yeah, that was, that was a great call. I appreciated it. Uh, appreciated the, just the question of, are the, is the, is the moral division too damaged to repair? And, um, yes, because I feel betrayed like i feel like they went too far like they're a bully that just went too far 
I have a pretty wide tolerance for you know, states where I don't live doing things that they want to do because I recognize that that's necessary to protect the state that I do live in doing what it wants to do. Um, but man, I, I, I will certainly take the point that if you have a state full of people that think there's no moral implication to say uh, abortion right before the birth of the child. And I know that's still that itself is still a fringe position. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those kind of litmus test issues where it's like, if you believe that that is an indicator that there's some sort of rotten moral core way beneath that, that makes me wonder what values do we actually share? How, what, what value can you share with somebody that is going to trivialize the murder of a child? Yeah. It's pretty hard to build around that. And I understand that the issue I understand there are a lot of complex complexities in the issue when you talk about some of the fringe stuff, when you talk about the cases of rape, when you talk about life of the mother and, and all of these things. Um, but, you know, that's we're not talking about 90 percent or so of, of abortions that are purely elective and people seem to have a lot of people seem to have no more. 90, 98 percent. Yeah, it might be might be more than that. And if and if there's if you don't see any moral issue with that and and you're fine with with that with that idea i suppose i just have to question everything and you yeah. have to question what is it that we share and what would we build around so and what's the point of sharing a country with people that you have nothing in common with yeah exactly you can't build anything with people you have nothing in common well with. if you share the fundamental idea of i suppose collective defense but allowing each other the freedom to decide issues like this for yourselves within your own political body in your state you can actually you can unite around that i suppose if you agree on that but the trouble is they don't like they they paradoxically are so convinced of their own moral righteousness that yes. they can't even extend the benefit of you deciding that issue for yourself to you for all this talk of like well, it's it's you who should make the decision. I do. I decided to live over here where you get no say in that decision. But that's and not good enough. And it's postmodernism, too. I mean, I just saw in the live chat, they say all morality is arbitrary. That's a yes. really important point. Like, how can you uh, reason with somebody about the morality or immorality of a given issue if they think that it's all just a, exactly. a fluctuating concept that, exactly. that can be changed based on your perception? I mean, you can't do anything with these people. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't live amongst them. They'll just keep coming at me my whole life. And I, and I don't want to live in a country where people think that I'm insane, that I'm a crazy white supremacist <laughs> extremist. Like, that's not what I am. That's not who I am. And like, I want to feel safe in the, the country that I live in. Uh, yeah. Th that, Is that, that too much to ask for? Fuck. Well, um, no, I, I don't think it's necessarily too much to ask for. Just the decency of allowing you to live your own life as you see fit, I suppose, and People who are pro-choice would say, well, that's what they're doing. They're living their life as they see fit. Well, they're exterminating a life as they see yeah. fit. I mean, and that that's the, the chatter is exactly right. I mean, this concept of of subjective or human created, human invented morality is exactly what's leading me to search for the concept of God, because if morality is something that we just invent on the spot or we just decide, then why shouldn't it change on a whim like they believe? And there's no such thing, really. Yeah. If there's no moral truth to the world, there's nothing wrong with not only killing a, a about to be born child in utero. There's nothing wrong with walking over to your neighbor's house, putting a gun to his head and pulling the trigger. Because mm -hmm. the idea that cold blooded murder is wrong is something that we just decided. 
We right. just exactly. and we can just decide that it's not, and we can just kill each other, and that that's a nonsense world that that um is bound that's to fall Africa. apart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I've, I've it is. I don't I don't want to be engaged in tribal squabbles and things like that. We're just being reduced to our most base instincts. This is not who we are. Blonde comes white out. People. Blonde comes <laughs> out against tribal squabbles. So this has really gotten bizarre. No, we, we're not supposed to. We're supposed to live in harmony with in homogenous communities, trade with our neighbors and, and try to live peaceful lives. We're not supposed to be warring with each other like these weird Indian factions and all this shit or different African tribes. This is not how we're supposed to live. Cooperation, separation. There are values that supersede tribal identity. Is that what you're saying? That supersede it? That are more important. No, no. I know what supersede means, but that's, that's not at all what I'm saying. Oh, maybe I'm misunderstanding. I'm trying to follow the logic here. I'm just saying that that we aren't supposed to reduce ourselves to our basic instincts of like sex, violence, hedonism. Mm. We're supposed to be built up. We're supposed to be building things in communities where we have values that we share with people. And then there are nearby communities with other people where they have values that they share with people. Mm. And then we're supposed to cooperate with one another to the best of our abilities, but live separately. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Um, we're right up against the bottom of the hour, so I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Uh, Gilgamesh is up next. We won't be able to take a couple calls, but it does look like we have a we fairly got a ton of questions. lengthy list of hey. questions. Yeah, hey, Mr. Gilgamesh, thanks for your patience. What's on your mind? Oh, hey, blonde. And Hi. I want to throw this reference out. Hello, nurse. You should Who? know what that's from. It- Animaniac. Oh no! Uh, that's I, I've seen that show when I was really young, but I don't remember. Yeah, the, it's the on scripting. Hulu. If you have Hulu. But I want to talk about a, a couple things. Um, Matt, you should you have to look this up because getting my channel is kind of hard because I looked it up. You want to put in President Lincoln was a tyrant to find my channel and the video and the and blonde, uh, the two Bibles, the the difference you know between the the Jewish Bible and the Hebrew. I mean the the Holy Bible. Just punch that in, you'll find my channel. Um, so yeah. Well, why don't, why don't you pick one of these topics to uh, discuss, which is more interesting? You get one. Okay. Do you know who the first king of hell was? Should I? The king I of hell. I know who it is. I looked it up. I'm going to do a whole video on it. Who is it? There was a king of hell beyond... Baal. Uh... Before Lucifer, there was Baal. Oh. Oh, and yeah. What did he do? He ran hell before Lucifer was cast <laughs> down because he tried to overthrow heaven. Uh, here, I thought Lucifer made it. Someone had had it all no, set up for him. Nope, it already existed. Oh, what a bastard! And by the way, <laughs> he just Satan, stole someone else's the, place. Here's, the, here's here's something that's in the video: the difference between Lucifer and Satan. Yeah. Lucifer has wings because he was an archangel. Satan doesn't have wings; he only has horns and red skin and hoofs because he was a servant of God that joined Lucifer in trying to overthrow heaven, mm-hmm. oh, and that's, that's why they, they both in. And by the way, the seven. Kings in the Catholic Christian Bible are all have a sin. Lucifer's mm-hmm. is pride. Satan's is wrath. Yeah. Okay. So I just thought I would, yeah, I'm going to do a video on that. So yeah, you can look up the, because my trying to find my channel is tricky because if you just put Gilgamesh, you're going to see all this history about Gilgamesh. The, you know, <laughs> all right. but you have to put all in right. for you, Matt, 
President Lincoln was a tyrant, and okay. then he bring you to my channel. <laughs> all right, all right. And uh, uh, the we're, the, we're the right up Bibles. against the clock, so yeah, if you have a final thought, go for it. Yeah. China is after Japan for what they did in World War II. Hmm. Go look it up, The Rape of Nanking. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've that, seen it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's why it was very rapey. Want Taiwan. They wanna, so rapey. Oh, yeah, they want Japan for that. They haven't forgotten. Well, maybe they we have a never point. Forget. <laughs> they, they don't they, want Taiwan. They want Japan. That's hmm. their real mission to take to get revenge for what Japan did. Hmm. All right. Well, th thank you for the call. Okay. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Oh, yeah, no problem. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, let's see. We could probably try to take one more. We do have Tony hanging out. I know we had tech problems before. Tony, are you there? I got nothing. Can't hear anything. Okay. Tony, Tony. I'm, so I'm sorry we can't hear you. Uh, might be a mobile thing. But as a reminder to everybody, when you do, if you do try to call in, um, desktop and laptop tends to work a lot better than mobile. I don't know if Tony's using mobile or not, but... I would speculate that perhaps he is. And uh, if you can avoid mobile when you call, that is always for the best. But um, we'll probably leave the calls there uh, just because we do have a good amount of email questions. So thanks to the callers tonight. Appreciate it. And uh, as a reminder, if you would like to participate, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, just send us an email question. Place to do that is the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. Now, this first one uh, I read earlier today. This I'm can't not, be true. I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even convinced this is <laughs> real, but we will consider it as though it is real. And it is from Cone Cheese Meat Sneeze, so it must be real. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is one you may not have heard before. I am boning my boss and have been for three years. It started before COVID, and the arrangement is simple. When she wants to bang, she sends me a text. I go to a quote-unquote work, uh, work emergency and get $500 for my effort. Every time, about twice a week, not only am I earning another salary in cash on top of my job, I have received multiple promotions. My boss is a woman in her 60s, and I am in my mid-20s. My issue is I am in a committed relationship now and have been for six months. I have paid off the house. I now have plenty in the bank. And I am looking to start a family. I feel it is immoral to keep up this side hustle while trying for a baby. So do I stop and lose my job, confess and lose my future wife, or keep going and hope the old bag dies? There's no way this is true. I think that I, I maybe I'm hypothesizing that this person is making some kind of um, parallel with women doing this in the workplace, which is relatively common. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think you clearly have to stop doing it and tell your woman. And then if she sticks around, which she won't, uh, I mean, yeah, you just, you just have to lose everything. You, you fuck this up, you fuck this up. Good. Yeah. You have to do both of those things. Stop immediately and tell this chick, uh, this, not just this chick, this, uh, is it fiance now or pending fiance? I don't Doesn't know, man. Matter. Your life will come back together if this is true. Yeah. And then the next person that you date, you also have to tell them that you did this. But later partners are probably going to be more forgiving mm. about it. There will be consequences at work and in your relationship, assuming this is serious. But those are consequences that, frankly, you set up and now you have to yeah. face. So the real consequences that you're sticking it in some 
dry old snatch. I, that's one reason I consider. I just I hesitate. But Mr. Coonchies, if you want to uh, follow up and, and tell me this is 100 percent real, it was not a metaphor for something else. Um, go ahead and do that. It's just so it's so yeah. insane that I, I hesitate to believe that that's some people are saying, take that to the grave. Yeah. OK, maybe I can see that, too. Well, you can't. No, you can't not tell your spouse because. No, no, no. You can tell your the person that you're with now. Yeah. But do you have to disclose this to your future spouse? Mm. Let's put it this way. If I learned that my spouse had engaged in this sort of thing and never told me about it, I would be furious. I would be very mad. Yeah. I think it's something that should be disclosed. But if you take it to the grave, I <laughs> I guess the, I get that too. <laughs> I guess the fury will never arise because it, it goes to the grave. But it's Just, not like I don't know. Like morally it's not as bad as some other things. It's pretty bad. I mean, this involves infidelity. It involves the infidelity prostitution. Yeah. Uh it involves I mean, on a lower moral level, it involves putting your livelihood at stake for the sake of what? For a side income that is banging some old lady? Uh, Yeah, yeah. There's just, there are layers and layers of immorality here that should be confronted. The the infidelity is clearly the worst immorality. Yeah, but I, yeah, I would agree, but I wouldn't. Uh, that's not to understate selling your body. I also think if that that's, they're engaged, if this is somebody that he's casually dating, I'm not sure that's that big of a deal. Well, he says he's been in a committed relationship for six months, but that's the thing is the, the relationship's not committed. Right. So that needs to be confronted. There's no anyway. way this is real. Okay. Uh, flying whales, 13, 30, 13, three, one, three. I swear I had a stroke and I don't know that it happened. And now <laughs> I can't talk. I think the controversy surrounding Roe v. Wade and abortion in general is emblematic of a bigger problem of modern society. The insistence that people, especially women, be shielded from any and all consequences of our actions. What do you think? Okay, I think that the problem here is society can't decide whether or not women have agency. I, as a believer that women lack agency, think that we have a lesser responsibility towards our behavior and actions than men. But I also think that we should have responsibilities revoked and privileges revoked. So as a society, are we going to agree on these things? I mean, people used to think like that. Um, yeah, I suppose I, I guess I hadn't thought of the concept of like, I suppose if you separate men and women out and think that they have, I suppose, different responsibilities because of different levels of agency capacities i I don't know how you would how how you would you would want that phrase but whoever there there are two people responsible in the creation of that life both have an equal as far as i'm concerned responsibility to the preservation and the flourishing of that life and um and yeah i i think that that we have i don't know how this has happened but but we have become conditioned to think that we should be immune from the consequences of our actions in all sorts of ways. If we, um, if we improperly manage our finances, then government should bail us out and provide us with, uh, you know, a whole retirement package in the form of social security. If we uh, can't care for our families, uh, government should provide us with health care. If we can't care for our families, government should give us uh, child care and all of these things. It's, it's, and of course we don't actually get anything's 
get any of these things in a, in a very good form by outsourcing our responsibility for them. So I'm sure this is uh, something of a symptom of that, that, that we, I suppose, just, just uh, outsource all of our responsibilities in all contexts. But that's, it kind of goes hand in hand with the, with the increasing um, rejection of, of freedom. We, we yeah. reject freedom because we fear responsibility as well. We don't want to be free because that might mean that we're responsible for the bad things that happen to us. That's true. I suppose yeah. this is a similar of a similar theme. My whole point, though, is that if women lack agency, then they also don't have the agency to make the decision about another life. Hmm. So you're saying, well, I mean, I would say the decision shouldn't exist on moral grounds, absent very rare circumstances. That put the woman's life in danger, for example. Or we also like can't that. have men deciding these things, too, because they would just be forcing women to get abortions all the time. We have an immoral male problem in this country, too. Oh, that for sure. Uh, and I, I that's one of the point, points that these pro-abortion screaming women constantly make. Men, you might think that you're not harmed by this, but just think you're going to be put on the hook for child support and all this stuff. Like, yeah, I yeah. accept that if I create a life, I'm responsible for the life. You got me. Oh, no, not that. Uh, but, but yeah, you can see that they're operating in the same premise that you're talking about there, that men share the desire to avoid responsibility in the same way that they do. And I don't think that they're totally wrong in that. There are a lot of men who do share that desire. Um, and that's a problem. So but just because you lack a good moral core doesn't mean you get to kill people. So we have to we have to rein that in. There's a. Uh, a moral and a, a justice component to that. Agreed. Uh, Dargon Smith, if the Sotomayor clerk is true, why is the only time our highest institution of utmost importance has had a leak is in <laughs> is from an immigrant diversity hire judge and her immigrant diversity hire clerk? Why would we continue to appoint people who don't share American values? I mean, isn't that the whole point of uh, these Democrat appointees? They're trying to edge out what we call American values. But once you reach some kind of threshold with immigration, uh, the, the entire concept, which I think we've already breached, the entire concept of American value ceases to exist anyway. Hmm. So perhaps Sotomayor and what she believes is more a truer representation of modern American values than we want to admit. Uh, currently, perhaps, but I suppose to the to the emailer's question, is that an organic product or is that a product? Of, of course not. Yeah. Uh, in defense of Sonia Sotomayor, she was born in the Bronx to Puerto Rican parents. But I was told that Puerto Rico counts because that's how we get to all these. Uh, oh, God. That's how we get to all the high trans murder numbers is by counting Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, really. So yep. um, how long has Puerto Rico been a U.S. territory? I don't even know the history of that. But, uh, and actually, um, Puerto Rico, these aren't I don't know the American. answer to this, too. What's the process for someone coming from a U.S. territory into the U.S.? Oh, I have no, I have no idea. I don't know. Not that it changes the, the, the emailer's question. I just as it from an immigration law standpoint, how does that all work? I don't actually know. But I agree that I Sonia know. Sotomayor is a principle free, communist, insane person. Um, and uh, and she was confirmed by people like Lindsey Graham. So enjoy. Ashley yeah. says, uh, blonde is your hair naturally blonde. If not, how do you maintain it so perfectly? Thank you both for all you do. Also, I low key like the call in show more than the Sunday show. You're a freak, Ashley. Ah, freaky Ashley. <laughs> so my hair is naturally blonde. 
but I get balayage three times a year. So I lift my natural hair, which is a seven, to an unnatural blonde, which is a nine. So yes, I am blonde, but no, I'm not this blonde. Hmm. Um, well, thank I'm you. Really impo- asking the important questions, Ashley. And how do I maintain it? I don't. I uh, never take showers and I'm disgusting. Destiny says... These days, there are two separate groups of people, those awake and those who will not even take the time to take a second glance at something contrary to their beliefs. How do you cope with this? I am a Christian and it bothers me so much with everything going on that some people are so blind they cannot see. How do I cope with this? Um, By uh, disappearing into a world of grisly true crime. That's how I'm (laughs) coping with it right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. Like I, I'm not coping. I'm not coping well because I think that this is of all the things going on, this is somehow the most depressing. That I live amongst people that like, it, it's like we're in different worlds. Like they can't see me. I'm like, what? Hey, do you see me? Where where are you? Like I, there's nothing I can do to reach these people. And you wonder how deep that indoctrination really runs. Like, are these people actually looking at their own finances? And seeing the suffering that's going on in this country right now, and then but looking at the New York Times and saying, "Oh, oh, great! The fundamentals of the economy are strong, though." Like, it, it, oh, I mean, it might suck that like I can't go buy things, certain things at the grocery store, and it might suck that my dollar's worth less, and it might suck that the investments I made are tanking. But the fundamentals are strong. The New York Times told me so. It's okay. No, I think that they they view it as a leftover of um of the Trump presidency. Yeah, I suppose Any, anything that ails their lives. Biden tried to make that point today. He said, I inherited an economy that was on the brink of depression or something like that. What a motherfucker. Okay. It's like, yeah, you inherited some difficulty. Um, However, you've made it much more difficult in your tenure and you refuse to explain that. Uh, The question was, how do I, how do I cope? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that it actually like that, that bothers me to a degree that I need to cope. I, I still am. It should bother you the most. I, I don't know. I laugh at these people. I guess. It should bother you the most because you're yeah. the only one that still has hope for a conversion of the normal. No, I I agree. It, it, it is there. There is a certain segment of the population that you could put uh, rock solid bomb proof evidence of something contrary to, to their belief in front of their face and they would still find a way to reject it. Um, I guess how do I cope is is I have faith that that is a smaller portion of the population than people who are reachable. And maybe Aww. that's a misguided uh, faith. But if I didn't believe that people were convincible, I wouldn't be doing what I what I do. I would just quit because what would be the point? So see, this is why I'm checked out. Well, this is why, because I, I just feel like, mm, like, what's the point? Maybe I need to resurrect that belief that the normie can still be reached. How do you do that? How do you um? You still have faith in people. I suppose maybe there's an economic reality that I have to show. I have to do a show that's more than, uh, well, um, there's no point to doing this. So I'm just here. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Okay. We have to start cruising through these. We have like 20 questions left. All right. Sistine Chapel 69. Whatever. Hey, guys, just wanted to see if you had any opinions on the, the Mises Caucus. Mrs. Caucus taking over the Libertarian Party. They seem to have their shit together and are purging the woke nonsense from the party. Thank you. Have a great night. And Rocky is a five-star movie. I don't know anything about this, but I'm incredulous 
that the Libertarian Party could change. Go so back to where you came from, okay? That's could about change Rocky. Sorry. So fundamentally that I would agree with any of their tenets. Ah. I, yeah, I, I will have to punt on this question just because I don't know what's going on in in the party politics. And frankly, I've been so disillusioned by the Libertarian Party. I don't much care. They'll have to impress me, and I doubt that they will. Sorry, I don't know much about that particular story. Uh, T. Gray. Uh, what do you think about having presidential candidates announce their full cabinet during campaign season and then having debates between cabinet officials? Cabinet choices have a huge impact on the policies of the government, but we never get to know who will get chosen or what they plan on doing until after the election. Love uh, this. I would love this so much. There would be so many black women saying such stupid stuff. We would have so okay. right. much for our show. It would be the, awesome. The- I there are lots of uh, there are lots of pale people say, saying stupid shit too. I wouldn't I wouldn't count that as purely a racial issue. Oh, some of um, it is though. But I mean, I think that this would be uh, it would give you excellent information on the quality of your candidate and their judgment. Hmm. Um, it, the, the only downside I could see is there are a lot of them. It's you're talking about a dozen plus debates in a situation like this. That's true. Is that just too much? Is that just noise? Probably. Nobody will watch them but us. Yeah. Um, Blonde's mom. Matt, can you give insight into the thumbnails of your solo vids? Up until about 10 months ago, there was some variety in your expression or pose, but since then you strike a literally identical pose in each one. Criticism, same head tilt, same expression. Do you Photoshop a different shirt on? Is this deliberate? <laughs> They're just so remarkably and reliably consistent that it has long intrigued me. Uh, Thanks. There's no, there's no trick at play. It's just... It's, you know, consistency. there's so I select a still frame that's usually like about the end of a sentence spoken, you know. Oh, yeah. I the One thing one thing I and I'm, I'm sure there is a lot of consistency to them. But at the same time, like I'm sitting in the same chair in the same setting in front of the same background every single time, you know, like there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of consistency to that. But well, I mean, you're also a creature of habit, which is why you are successful. So. Yeah. And th- the other side of it, too, is like. Well, obviously I like, and I want them to look a certain way and I hate thumbnails that are like a giant grin, giant soy grins or something like that, or just people with yeah. shocked faces or things like that. Um, and I've done that sort of facial imitation on this stream and I learned my lesson because people did a screen grab and then they use it to maim me later. So I won't do it. I won't do it. I guess, I guess it's important to me to have something that's like, not clickbaity. That's just a fair representation. Yeah, and that's yeah. just kind of me sitting there talking like, uh, I, I, I guess I, I have not done an audit. I, was there a date in here? Ten, 10 months ago, they became very consistent. Was I that, don't know. that was, I think that's what the emailer said. I don't know when the date, uh, when the exact date of this happened, I assure you there's not that, uh, great of a plan, but no, it's not Photoshopping. Uh, it's just a frame from, I'm going to make you read itself. the name of this, of this next one. Indelible right to her hippocamp pussy. <laughs> hmm. What were some of your most fond childhood memories you could you would love to pass on to your children? For me, it's early morning cartoons and cold cereal. Milk first, of course. Uh, so I used to live in New Mexico when I was a kid. And my brother uh, had a magnifying glass and we would just burn shit all the time. When I was little, like very, very little. And those are some of like my first and favorite childhood memories, burning McDonald's straws and burning ants alive and other stuff like that. It was just so much fun Hmm. burning leaves. 
So I'm a psychopath and a pyromaniac now. Uh, I'm going to say Little League. Can't wait. That's uh, so wholesome. Like yeah, can't wait to uh, to watch some Little League. I, I'm not going to, on principle, I'm not going to force my son into any particular interest, but I hope he likes baseball. Yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. I'm forcing Emmeline into Irish dance. She starts next year. <laughs> I just, next year. I, I should say, I'm not going to, it is my expectation he will have a physical activity he enjoys, but, but I don't want to be so forceful that it has to be this specific thing. I'm not going to accept, let's say that my son was, you know, 10 years old and said, I don't like doing anything active. I'd say, well, that's unacceptable. That's going to change. We're going to do yeah. some active things and you're going to decide what you like because we're not going to do couch sitting. And we can't um, have a fat kid, you know? Yeah. Well, it just, there's got to be something active. I hope it's baseball, but it's fine if it's not. Did you, you play baseball? You played little league? What did only, you only when I was young. Like I was out of baseball by the time I was like 12, 13 years old. Oh, so, uh, Bobby C. Matthew has claimed the sufficiency of Kraft singles compared to actual cheese. He's besmirched the good name mm -hmm. of healthy peanut butter and shown favor to shitty hydrogenated De oils. Deluxe, not just Kraft singles, deluxe. And worst of all, he has defiled the sacred memories of Bra Blade Runner and Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. With all these transgressions, will you, blonde, now join me on my effort to spread the good news of milk before cereal and dispose this mad tyrant, will you? <laughs> Um, I actually like putting in milk before cereal because I find it what? easier to I, I do it sometimes to regulate the amount of cereal you put in than to regulate the amount of milk. It doesn't even make sense. It's like the milk has to be you have to pour the milk over the cereal for the cereal to be properly saturated in the first place. Like, how do you get the milk onto the cereal if you put the milk in first? You're already going to spoon it. And I so rarely eat cereal because of vegetable oils anyway and mm. sugar. I, I can't understand these psychopaths who pour milk in before cereal. I didn't I like know you to were have one a certain them. amount of milk. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you. And, and people only people will email and say, "Well, you know, it's like if you if you finish a bowl of cereal and you want some more, and there's some milk in the bowl, and you put some cereal." In. Yeah, I get that. What I'm saying is, when you make a fresh bowl of cereal, and I don't even eat, really eat cereal either. It's a rare occasion, but it does happen. Count Chocula is like every once in a while. You know, Halloween, you get a bowl of Count Chocula. That's really it for me. But if you're the sort of person that starts fresh and puts cereal in before milk, I just I, I can't understand you. Because I uh, want a certain amount of milk and I don't really care how much cereal I have. Milk under, is the thing. Under six feet says I've been listening Ooh. for a while. <laughs> Starting off on a bad foot. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening for a while. I know you guys are generally critical of gays for good reason. So it's probably weird that I would ask this on the show, but I've heard blonde mention having gay friends before any of them in meaningful relationships. I grew up in church, but lost my faith for obvious reasons. I still, uh, I, if I do still believe in God, how could you say I'm not on good terms with him? I guess I'm looking, or I guess I'm asking for general advice. Uh, I have very little experience. I'm in my early 20s and I would like to find a normal good guy, perhaps the kind of guy who would share some views, some of the views of the show. I really sympathize with people in this situation because being gay would suck a lot. It would suck. You're entering a whole world of promiscuous men and it's just a whole thing to be gay and it's really hard. Uh even men that are in my good friends that are in um, monogamous long-term relationships, almost all of them are in open relationships where they still like on an annual basis have sex with other people. It's totally degenerate, the whole thing. Um, my advice to you, I mean, conversion therapy does have some benefits. It, it might work. It might work. It's not the way of old where they shock you anymore. <laughs> 
Um, it's not I like, don't know. Uh, I mean, to kill uh, no. What was uh, the, the one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Yeah, it's not There's like a little that electrotherapy. In there. If I were a gay man, I think that's what I would do, and then mm. I think I would, I think I would try to be celibate if that didn't work, and then if that didn't work, I think I would try to find companionship with somebody yeah. that I wasn't having sex with. Well, and I, I want to address this point of being generally critical of gays. Now, I speak for myself here. I'm not speaking for I've blog, never heard you say but, anything critical of gays. Well, and it's not I, – I, I would hope that the point is understood that it's not a personal attack. I think what really bothers me is is the politics of the so-called LGBT – Right. I don't know. They're the LGBT politics of the day where it's not enough to be left alone. I, I, unless I'm clapping on the street for everybody who goes by in the parade, then I'm a bigot. So there's that angle because fundamentally, you know, leave me alone. And as long as you're not violating the rights of others, I will leave you alone is, is the way in which yeah. I operate. However, I mean, and it, it, this is not a, a personal thing too. to the point of the question. I mean, I have to notice that just in my personal life, the there are very few happy, stable gay couples that I've encountered. And that doesn't mean that it's impossible, but it's rare. Yeah. And I suppose my it's not an attack on the person, but I, my my worry within that community is that that the finding of happiness seems, at least in my assessment, more. uh more rare than perhaps I suppose in the general population. It just seems like it leads to a lot of bad outcomes and a lot of unhappiness. And yeah. that's not me saying, you know, I hate you because you're gay or something like that, which I don't say anyway. That's me saying and trying to recognize that certain behaviors, at least as far as I've seen tend to correlate with, with poor outcomes. Mm. doesn't mean that I'm going to stop you from engaging in what you think is right. You know, but um, but that, I just want to be as clear and as honest about that as possible, because I'm not I, I don't want to be I don't want to come off as just saying I'm attacking you because you're gay. I think that there are some um, some moral considerations, some happiness considerations of it. But those are your considerations to make so long as you're not coming after me and demanding that I clap for your considerations. Right. You will not have my meddling uh, uh, on whatever you choose. Is it my turn? Uh, I'll go. I'll take this one. Zegger jar. And I guess you're, you're right. We will have to move quickly. So why don't we just do one each? Okay. Um, Zegger jar says, what is your reaction to the Southern poverty law centers hit piece on Tim pool? I didn't read this to you. I, I didn't, I have not read it, but I just want to say congratulations to Tim pool. That's an I honor know, and an achievement. You. I hope to one day reach your heights. Um, Crescent scene says, I know the COVID is kind of an outdated topic at this point, but both my wife and I are unvaxxed and my wife's family are also unvaxxed, but my wife's mom is double vaxxed and has had COVID going on five times now. Positive tests every time. There's no fucking way. We were around her a day prior to getting symptoms every time. Six members of my wife's family live in the same household. None of them ever had COVID more than once. And my wife and I never had it. I've come to the conclusion that the vax is the reason people get COVID more than once. And that mind over matter may also play a role. Everyone but my mother-in-law thinks COVID and the vax are absolute BS thoughts. Um, I thought COVID was bullshit until I got it. And then I was like, all right, this is real. But the reaction to it is clearly insane. Hmm. And uh, I didn't get vaccinated. But is it possible that the vaccine is weakening people's immune system and making them more susceptible to a multitude of viral illness? Yes. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> uh, Impossible. 
she also just might have a weak constitution. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you guys had it and you just didn't know. It's also possible, and we kind of know that. I mean, this is granted by the CDC that it just does nothing about transmission. And and to your point, it might be that this person is particularly vulnerable to acquiring all sorts of viruses, and the vaccine has actually had no effect on that sort of baseline vulnerability. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Could I believe that it was designed to actually get you sicker? I wouldn't put it past uh, any of these people. NGA for blonde blonde. Can you discuss your advice on uh, black success? How does the black man better himself find a, a white woman, white woman? I mean, why do you want to find a white woman? They're good quality black women, good quality Asian women that like black guys. Um, So yeah, I guess that's my answer to that. But can you discuss your advice on black success? How does a black man better himself? Um, get married and stay married and don't cheat on your wife and have children and be a good husband and provider and uh leader to your family. That's the most important thing for every black man to do for their community. Father absence causes a host of problems. Hmm. Yeah. Uh the most important thing for I mean it's a, it's a it's a a problem of particular uh relevance. Uh, in in that particular demographic, but it's it's a problem for everybody too. I mean, you men abandoning their fundamental purpose and their fundamental moral responsibility is going to be destructive um, to their families, to their kids, and and uh, sucks. Yeah. But uh, all right, uh, Kevin's up next. <clears throat> I know you guys don't really like Tim Pool. No, no, I don't like Tim Pool. Matt likes Tim Pool or watches content. I do sometimes, but I think you guys should watch one of his recent IRL episodes, Daryl David, specifically the last hour or so. He goes off the edge, calling people racist for disagreeing on minor issues of previous bad events in U.S. history. Daryl or Tim? Do you guys I'd think probably pe- Daryl? I would assume. Yeah. Do you guys think that some people are just too fixated on things like race that common ground will never be found? Um. Yeah, but I mean, people uh, people that are really far in the dissident right and leftists are both they're both too fixated on race in such a way that makes that makes common ground impossible. Hmm. We already live in a, a multiracial society. Like, what are we going to do? Send black people that have been here for six generations back to Africa? Like, we have to deal with with our integrated society. Like, we have to deal with it. There's nothing we can do. We're never going to get people back to their nations of origin. Um, so in that way, like I agree that some people are, are just too fixated on race. Uh, well, yeah, it, it, we're, we are in a hyper racially conscious society right now. And yeah. it, it's, uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. Was, has it always been this way? Has it changed recently? I don't remember being everything being so racially focused when I was not just a kid, but you know, a young adult, I don't remember say in the mid two thousands, everything being a racial issue. Yeah. And, um, and that was the, that was sort of the hope and the promise of the, uh, Obama election, I suppose, was that this was sort of the final point at which claims of a racist society would be erased whether you liked obama or not the fact that the country was willing to elect a black president should be sufficient demonstration that it's not such a race conscious country that that it's the most important thing to the majority of voters 
And yet it seems like everything got worse. It seems like everything went downhill from there and everything became more racially aware rather than, I don't know, post-racial, if you want to use a term like that. But that's such a progressively loaded term uh, these days anyway. They, they, they say they want post-racial society where race is no longer a consideration. But yeah. I was watching like um, some, you know, NBC news about it's like Asian hate month or something like that. They had some guy on talking about how Asians aren't properly represented in Hollywood or something like that. And he said, well, our goal for our organization is not to exist because to, to have a society in which it's not necessary. Well, number one, you're already there. But number two, I don't believe you. You're telling me that you voluntarily want to go out of business. Why yeah. do you have this organization? Because you're cashing Why? in. Yeah, totally. It, it almost became like a business interest, this stuff. But, oh, we just we don't want it to be necessary anymore. Then make it not necessary. Mm -hmm. Stop talking about this nonsense. Uh, I think you're up. Lescoth says, have you heard of the moose, 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 mouse utopia experiment? If so, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of it as being analogous to human societies in which they have hitherto unknown levels of abundance and safety and psychological and social breakdowns, which follows is what happened to the mice, the same thing as what is happening to Westerners or is it too much to is it folly to read too much into? It? I don't know the experiment. I, I wouldn't be able to. I was under the that. impression the mouse utopia experiment was um, to show the benefits of social cohesion after uh, it, it, out, out, outside of drug use. I must be thinking about something different. Hmm. So I don't know if I can opine on this. All right. Did they just so we'll, do nothing we'll, and get all fat? I don't, I don't know the experiment, so we'll have to pass on that one. Okay. Melissa Blonde, I have to lose about 13 pounds to fit into a dress perfectly for my brother's wedding. How do I do it within two months? Don't want to starve or spend eight hours exercising. I can spend 45 minute tops. By the way, you're so beautiful and my favorite fashion inspiration. That can't be true because I have very questionable fashion choices constantly. If you see me in town, it's, I can't be trusted. Okay. 13 pounds. Um, I would do intermittent fasting. Like don't eat between like 7 p.m. at night and two the next day. Black coffee is fine. And then uh, I would do high interval intensity training. Like three times a week, four times a week, five times a week. You can lose 13 pounds. Yeah. How long does she have? Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, six. You could lose 16 pounds safely. You'd be fine. Yeah, and some weightlifting. Cheesemaker says, hi, Fags. With all the, uh, or with the way things have been going since Biden has been in office, do you think uh, that there has been a large amount of people that voted for Biden and now regret it? Do you think if 2024, or uh, if 2024 Trump versus Biden again is the situation, would there be a lot of Biden voters that would change to Trump voters or would Republicans be better off running someone else instead of Trump? Well, this is the great dilemma so. is that Trump, uh, Trump probably has the most loyal base of any politician, certainly currently. Um, he also has the most haters and that is just the deal that you get with Trump that, that he brings a lot of people to the table. He brings a lot of, uh, I would say irrational hatred to the table as well. A lot of opposition that is going to be stirred up by his mere presence. So I don't know that calculation, but I could, I, I could, the calculation being, is it better to bring Trump? Because he brings the loyalty, even though he brings the hostility to, or would it be better to bring someone who maybe could capitalize on the hatred for Biden that exists right now without the Trump baggage? 
I would like to think that this president is such a failure and so unpopular that the question is moot because the opposition will get the votes regardless. But I don't know. And I don't know a way to calculate that. Um, I, I, there's nobody who we had a caller make a counterpoint that it doesn't matter who the who the Republicans put up. They're going to get the same screeches of racism and bigotry and all the stuff that would be thrown at Trump. I suppose that's true. At least they'll try. But I just don't know that anybody is as hated as Trump is. So, man, I don't know. I don't think that Biden supporters are filled with regret, though. Oh, I think that there are a lot who voted out of sheer hatred for Trump who regret it now. Who regret it now. I don't know. It, yeah. It's hard to to get numbers on that. I guess this if is, I was picking, though, I mean, if, am I picking for my personal political preferences? If I was, I'd pick a guy like Rand Paul. If I'm picking right. for what I think is the best prospect for the Republican Party as the opposition party to Biden. I don't know, man. Uh, there's a lot of hate for Trump, but I can't deny the support he has either. So. <laughs> I, I don't think that it's politically unwise to nominate Trump. I, I think that it might be the best. It might be the best pick. And I won't complain about the entertainment. It's not my guy. He's not my guy politically, but I can't deny the entertainment. And I think that in general, he has good instincts. And I think that in general, he puts the country certainly on a better trajectory than the one we're on now. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, um, Blonde, when are you and Robin going to do another Motherland show? We are so shit at scheduling because of our baby situation. Robin is a true stay-at-home mom, and uh, she doesn't get a lot of time to herself, and it's just really hard to schedule. And then my husband has an erratic work schedule, so we've been having a hard time. She's a new baby, so... Dangerous Spaces says, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about representation in media. It almost seems like people have a severe lack of humanity if they're not able to emphasize... empathize oh yeah maybe must, must be, be that. that oh it took me way too long to figure that out uh, with the character simply because they are not gay black a woman and so on it doesn't make sense that for example a love story becomes somehow more relatable because the melanin of the actors and when it comes to historical stories it becomes even more baffling to again for example swap the race and gender of a viking leader as has been done recently a theory i would like to put forward is that we have so many narcissists these days that they want to see stories essentially starring themselves. But um, what do you guys think about this sort of thing and why do you think it's happening? I think that some of it is narcissism. Uh, some of it is um, is genuinely being butthurt that your ancestors have accomplished less than white Europeans. And so they want to rewrite history, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't... I think that a lot of this is you're just kind of conditioned into that. I don't know that that I honestly don't know that people have that much, um, I suppose, tribal jealousy or something inherent in them. I think that a lot of that is conditioned in not that tribal identity doesn't matter to people at all. But I don't know that that there are that many people who would be organically enraged by seeing, say, um, white Viking characters that they don't necessarily demographically identify with themselves unless they had been conditioned into that by people telling them that they're supposed to be mad about that sort of thing. Right. I, I think I don't, I don't think that that's a natural phenomenon at all. I think that that's, that's really injected into people. Just, just my read on it. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't feel like I'm enraged by seeing if there are great characters or great presentations by people who are, who don't share demographics with me. I don't feel mad about that so right. long as it makes sense. 
Yeah. You know, it like needs if I'm watching, makes sense. Yeah. That's if I'm, the thing. Yeah. If I'm watching about a, a mo- like a movie about some Chinese warfare, and I see a bunch of Chinese, well, that makes sense. Yeah. But but I don't need like, to see why are like there more white people in this. I don't need to see like uh, Afro like women with Afros in Nazi army uniforms and video <laughs> games or something like that. That's the only time. That's the only time where demographic presentation makes me mad. Is yeah. where it like fundamentally makes no sense, and I know they're trying to to propagandize. Right. right. But um. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if this is actually, if that gets to his question, why is it happening? I think that there's some kind of force for whatever reason that wants us uh, in some kind of conflict. And if you can stir up rage that there aren't enough characters or representation in this area of entertainment or not, then maybe you get some of that conflict that you're looking for. That's, that's what I would think. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris to the J. Um, if you were to homeschool civics, would you discard the three branches narrative in favor of the four or five branches, meaning emphasize the power of state local governments have towards the Fed, such as which the convention states in the original structure of Congress, uh, senators, state reps before the 17th Amendment or overturning a SCOTUS ruling in a similar manner? Uh, would the U.S. be different if past generations held this standard? Of course. The U.S. would be different if um, past generations held to this standard. However, if I'm homeschooling civics, I'm not sure that that the four to five branches uh, is going to give a representation of how our current government actually works. Yeah, I suppose that the most important thing. Would, yeah, I suppose you could talk about design versus how it is now. Uh, and I think that's a fair point to his point. I don't feel like I learned the proper division between the federal government and the states. Certainly not in high school, really not in college. I mean, that's not necessarily what I studied as a political science major. You would think that that would fit right in there, but it wasn't, I didn't do a lot of political systems. I I looked at a lot of um, analysis of political behavior, statistics, Mm -hmm. things like that. It wasn't like, why is government organized the way that it is? I didn't start thinking about that until, you know, on my own later. And I, just from an as somebody who's been politically interested basically my entire life, that's an area of why our structure at least is designed the way it is that I didn't fully understand until I was, you know, 30 years old. probably. Right, right, yeah. So it, it, I, th- I think it's an area where education is lacking. And I certainly hope to explain that to my kids. Yep. JD14 says, if Roe is struck down, what becomes of the pro-life organizations? They become warped in their purpose, like the SPLC or ACLU. Wouldn't they want Justice Roberts to uphold Roe and Mississippi law to keep donations flowing? Uh, No, I think they'll be fine because they're going to have state by state battles now. And if the pro-life organizations are going to move into uh, New York and California and all of these places that still want to abort uh, with (laughs) zero restrictions at all unity. Yeah. So, um, I don't think that they're going to have to invent problems in the way that the SPLC or ACL, uh, not the, the ACLU doesn't actually have problems to in, uh, invent, but to your point, they've become warped in to the emailers point. They've become warped in, uh, in their purpose. They no longer defend civil liberties. They just defend progressive political interests. But I don't see pro-life organizations going that way. They will have the real fight to fight. Still, it'll just be in smaller, more localized fights. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Crazy custodian with Roe going up in smoke and abortion rights going to the states. Could this hurt the anti-abortion states financially? 
for sure. With people voting uh, with their feet and businesses taking their stuff elsewhere, those important tax dollary dues could disappear and financially pressure those states to change their positions. Or could they? I mean, especially with our economy dropping lower than Biden's approval ratings, this could be a force multiplier. Just a crazy thought. What do I know? I'm just a janitor. Side question. Uh, with the knowledge that Matt likes Star Wars and Blonde, loves sci-fi, um, I'd like to hear your p- opinions on The Mandalorian. I watched like three episodes and then I forgot about it. So hmm. it could have been that good. Um, I assume you haven't seen it. No, I really like the show. I did watch oh, both seasons. Really? I, I really like the show. What they did to Gina Carano was bullshit. And yeah. I don't even have a Disney Plus subscription anymore on account of that and a bunch of other things. And, and I would like, I know they have the, the Obi-Wan show coming out and other things. I love Star Wars. I really can't. Hmm. I can't give my dollars to Disney currently. So I don't even have the subscription and I haven't, I haven't watched really Disney plus since the end of Mandalorian season two, but I, I really liked the show. I thought it was great. Um, I'm a little okay. bit biased cause I, I love most things. Star Wars. Um, so. as far as the other question, I think that, um, there will probably be some consequences to, uh, to states that allow abortion, I think they're going to get they're going to be reprimanded and economically by the federal government during Democratic presidencies. Oh, yeah. OK, so, yeah, he's saying uh, you're saying abortion restrictive states would be yes. punished. Yeah, maybe they could have some underhanded way of, of doing that. I don't know. But uh, I, I, I suppose I mean, you'll also see the sort of crap like California and all these other states do where they don't like certain policies of Florida. We won't have any state state funded business. We won't have any state funded travel there. Oh, yeah. no, uh, please don't. I can't believe you're not <laughs> no, sending please. California state employees to our state. Oh, no, no, right. not that. But um, well, yeah, to the extent that these people are just vindictive and they, they refuse to allow people to be self-governing and to decide these issues for themselves. Of course, they're going to find if they can't do it with the full force of the law, it, they'll find weird underhanded ways to do it. I, I have yeah. no doubt. So. OK, well, that was a healthy supply of questions. Thank you guys for those this evening. Um, you can send us a question through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristiansandmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form to do that. We will catch up with our chatters here. We'll call it a night uh, over on Tippy Stream. Dub, uh, Deb Stop, not Dub Step, but Deb Stop says uh, Superman. Now I fight for truth, justice and the American gaze. It's the, he fights for the American gaze, not the uh, American way. Got it. All right. We're good on tippy stream. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. I did Dr. David and then battle cat yelled at me about his name. Tim Hammond idea. Once people start crossing state law lines to get abortions, making laws governing it, governing it under interstate commerce, they sue. And when we use precedents to get rid of NFA, the national firearms Act. wow he's really playing chess here i like it i I need that can you read it one more time i'm not sure i fully follow once people start crossing state lines to get abortions make laws governing it under interstate commerce oh yeah okay then sue and win and then we use the precedent to get rid of the nfa under the same grounds Precedent's so, not law, though. They would find a way to fuck us, probably. You're going after the idea being that the NFA rests on the interstate commerce clause of the Constitution, thus giving the federal government a power to regulate this sort of thing. And yeah, what is otherwise direct defiance of the Second Amendment? Um, yeah, maybe there's an angle there. It's uh, 
it's just I, I guess there would have to be a comparable federal restriction. I guess I don't I don't know that I see it as a perfect analogy because you're traveling to another state to take advantage of that state's abortion laws, but you're not necessarily violating an existing federal law in doing that. So yeah. it, the challenge would have to come. There are certain parallels, but I don't think it's a perfect legal analogy. That said, these people will never allow you to, to, to use their own their own premises against them. The premises apply yeah. only to you, not them. That's the point. But That's uh, true. I, I like the thinking. This is what we need to be doing, though. Thinking deep about this. Hmm. Um, redacted. Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens. I moved to Florida from Puerto Rico the same way I then moved to Massachusetts. Ah, okay. So free movement. Yeah. So in fairness to Sonia Sotomayor, uh, that would not make her an immigrant, correct? That is very unfortunate. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I hate that. Um, okay, I think we got a few more. The cream says, with all these diversity initiatives in media, having a straight white male <laughs> represented in anything will be novel. That is true. The pendulum always sling- swings back. I have confidence that once that is the actual um, diversity, the, the, the straight white male is like the rarest of all demographics. That yeah. that is the point that diversity will actually be erased as a value. Yeah, um, it is no longer to be sought. I think we got one more and then we can boogie out of here. Calwin, sorry, Matt. Applejacks over Count Chocula every time. But enough about trivial matters. The important question is Hellman's versus Miracle Whip. If you like Miracle Whip, you should unsubscribe to this. I will send you back your money, you monsters. Uh, I'm not a big mayo guy or Miracle Whip at all. So I don't really have a big opinion on like mayonnaise versus Miracle Whip and all that. I, yeah. So I, I I know you consider it an important question. I'm not particularly opinionated on that because I don't really consume either. Though I don't really have hatred for either either. Uh, that's weird to phrase it that way, but you get what I mean. Uh, do you have a mayonnaise opinion? Well, homemade mayonnaise is clearly mm. the best. I I love mayo. Um, Miracle Whip is just a uh, it's just trash. It's just horrible. Been a long time since I've had it. Hard for me oh, to even trash. remember. <laughs> oh, we have one more. Yeah. Uh, Brian Stelter, professional. It's cut off. Professional something. Probably potato. Oh, <laughs> I am a potato, 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 potato. Yeah. I really should have figured that out using. Context. I pieced it together. I figured it you out. You did it. Um, okay, we're good. All right. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Mm, nope. Okay. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Very much appreciated as always. Um, we will be back on Sunday to talk about whatever happens between now and then. I got to check out the latest protest at Amy Coney Barrett's house. But um, if you're listening for, or if you're looking for more to listen to, of course, you can head on over to the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Anything show related is over there as well. mattchristensenmedia.com. Have a great evening, and uh, we hope to catch you back with us on Sunday night. Sure do. Bye, Thanks. Guys.